0: Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing underdog fantasy
1: by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100.
2: Hayes, Lauren, and RJ. The Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
3: Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on 1010XL and on 92.5 FM. Frank Frangie along with Hayes Carlisle and Lauren Brooks on a special Friday because we are live from the Rumble. UNF and JU. you love when they get together. It's also a big Chief Tire Friday, so glad you're with us. One of my favorite events of the year. They do it twice, once here at UNF. Once over at JU and love, love, love this game. One of of the fun nights of the year, isn't it?
0: Oh, absolutely. And uh, it's great that it's on a Friday night and, boy, UNF's playing well. Lead the country in three points made every game at 12.6. So that's going to be as it usually is between these two teams, the defensive identity of JU versus the Birds of Trey. And the Birds of Trey have been on fire so far this season.
4: Matthew Driscoll, the head coach here at UNF, said he wanted to lead the country in three-point attempts at 40 per game he wanted to average 43 point attempts per game they're averaging 35 right now so they're pretty dang close
3: yeah and i'll tell you he's going to join us by the way at 340 uh scrambling up those eggs as a matter of fact Uh, so we'll so we'll talk to him uh all about that they are good and and listen they rolled gulf coast and they should have beat stetson i mean they 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 really outplayed stetson the entire game and then lost at the end so they they beat gulf coast and should have should have beat Stetson, so no, they're off to a great start. There's, there's no question. They're, they're off to a, a really good start. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about J.U. Yeah, I'll always love it when they get together. Hayes, you've talked about it before. There's contrasting styles when they play. There's, there's there's UNF firing up those threes. There's J.U. trying to play that pressure defense. It's a fun contrast.
0: It really is, and, again, it's uh, it's a big game for J.U. to get going there. 0-2 like the Florida Gators are in SEC play, and when you start 0-2, Boy, That third game becomes monumental, but especially even more so for Ju with the rivalry component here. So uh, UNF won both meetings last year; they've won seven of ten. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tricky putt, but a big one tonight for Ju to start reversing that and get some momentum going with their season. But it's going to start with defending that three-point line. If UNF makes twelve tonight, Ju has no chance. Yeah, so
3: I agree with that. So um, since we left here, anything happening in college football? Quiet. Not much. Quiet. Wow. It's just kind of yeah. quiet, right? I don't pretty think there's quiet? any news to report, really. There's nothing, really? Other than uh, FSU having sanctions, mm-hmm. keeping their coach, mm-hmm. and Alabama getting a coach. That, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Pretty much it. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Let's start with uh, Alabama, Kalen DeBoer. What you expected? What do you think?
4: I was really thinking it was going to be Debo Sweeney as late as yesterday. And then this morning, when I saw the tweet from the University of Washington's radio station saying, okay, Washington fans, we're expecting to have Kalen DeBoer on soon. He's just not going to come on right now. I was like, uh-oh, that means he is heading to Tuscaloosa, and uh, head to Tuscaloosa he did or will. And, look, I think he's a, a really good choice. He's built multiple programs, and I think it was a safe choice for Alabama too.
0: I think it's a good choice. Uh, his, his record in, in close games is uh, incredible. Obviously, what he did with Washington and, and Pennix, uh, it, it, it's, it's really impressive. I don't think it's a perfect hire. Uh, I would be concerned about the lack of southern ties. I would be concerned about the lack of experience in the cutthroat world of recruiting at the SEC level. Uh, but I commend him for taking it. This is a tough, tough environment that Kalen DeBoer is walking into, and he knows it. He's following the greatest coach of all time. He's stepping into where – you know, if you go to, uh, uh, you know, if oh, now with the 12-team playoff, it's changing. But, I mean, I mean, God help him if he misses the playoff. I mean, that, I didn't even, that hasn't even entered my mind. I, I think he'll keep Alabama going. But, look, they're going to expect buys and, and, and SEC titles and number one seeds and number one recruiting classes. It's just the expectation is perfection. So, I commend him for taking that on. Uh, and I, I do think from a football sense, an X's and O sense, a program building sense, it's a great hire. As, as you would almost have to worry about with anyone, you worry about the pressure cooker and the cultural impact of DeBoer going there and now trying to compete with the Kirby Smarts and the, and the rest of the Southern schools and getting that top flight talent.
3: You know, it's interesting. It's, uh, I mean, Urban had never been down here, but he was Urban. I I agree with Hayes. I I he's obviously a good coach. I mean there's no there's no denying the guy's a good coach. But I gotta believe no Southern ties have to affect him a little bit. I mean Dan Lanning had been here. Dan Lanning had been had been a grad assistant for Sabin. He had coached at Georgia. We'll say now he's a really good coach, but it's a different world, man, in the in the greater southeast of the United States of America.
4: It is. I mean, he was 5-0 and versus Dan Lanning and Steve Sarkeesian, so I'm sure Alabama's athletic director looked at that and said, you know, this is a really good coach as far as merits concerned. But the other thing is, now with NIL, it does seem to me like college football recruiting is more national than it's ever been. And while regionality is still important, I still think that in Washington he was probably recruiting some guys that are right now at Alabama.
3: Do you think uh, Lanning was the first choice and he turned it down? Yes. I do too. Do you? Mm-hmm. I think I think Lanning turned I think it down. Phil
4: Knight came to him and said you're not going anywhere.
3: Yeah, I think I, I think Lanning was his first choice. I think DeBoer was second. I think Norvell and we'll get to this in our first segment. I think Mike Norvell and is he a Jimmy Sexton guy? He is, they all are. So yes. He has to he has to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so he leveraged it. I, marvelously. Absolutely. Marvelously leveraged it. They, I I think I don't think in retrospect I don't think he, if DeBoer was taking it, I don't think he was ever getting Norvell was ever getting it. Right. But he turned it in 10 mil a year.
0: Yeah, because there's no way to justify taking Norvell over DeBoer, no, no, in my I, opinion. And I don't think Alabama ever, like, offered it to Norvell. I don't yeah. think they ever really got there. But it was close enough that Jimmy Sexton was able to go to FSU and say, look, right. he's happy here. You know, but if you want to make something happen, let's do it. Because, right. you know, he's one no away. He's Kalen DeBoer away from saying no of of this could be the Alabama's next correct coach. and FSU's credit I think I mean same here I, I you, you lock it down I mean you have a coach you love you you keep him. I so. totally totally
3: agree I I, cre- I agree with you credit FSU for locking him down but credit the the Norvell camp for playing it perfectly
4: yeah Norvell the moment that Nick Saban retired Norvell went cha-ching because it either meant he might get the next head coaching position at Alabama and he was going to make a heck of a lot more money or Florida State was going to have to pony up for the threat of him leaving. And so that was great news for him, which it's the first good news he's had in a while, like you said, Frank, especially after some sanctions came down yesterday.
3: All right, so our first segment of the show today, I'm going to talk about the landscape of of college football now and what changes. Who's good? Is Alabama still great? Who's not? Has FSU FSU found their stride? Uh, What happens? uh, uh, How does the Georgia thing affect all this? Is Dabo pissed? He wasn't called. I mean, right now, right now, right now, you're sitting in Dabo's living room. It's you. It's Miss Dabo. It's little Dabo's. The dogs are running around. You're talking. The neighbors are coming by. And, little Dabo. I mean, I mean what, what, well, he even got beat up this yeah. week. He showed up at a basketball <laughs> yeah, the black game eye. with a black eye. So, I mean, right now, how, I, mean, a tough week. I, mean, I mean, how bowed up are the Dabo's right now? Is it is it hard? Is it a tough time in the Dabo's right
4: now?
0: I think it is. It's got to bruise the ego when Doesn't the, it? the alma mater. You've won. You've beaten them
4: for right. two titles. hmm
0: and they apparently never even looked your way. So, again, I mean, I think it speaks to how the landscape has changed. And if you're Alabama, that you know, you, you got to have a coach that embraces the portal. And, it, you know, it, it doesn't appear like. We all thought, well, of course Clemson 100%. is going to really embrace it now. They've seen FSU speed by them by using the portal. Clemson has been re- – I mean, Clemson should have been taking 30 guys this year just to prove that they are now NIL players, and they really haven't. So it it speaks to a level of stubbornness with Dabo Swinney, and if I'm Alabama, I don't know that he's forward-thinking enough to warrant even a look.
4: Did you guys see the video of Nick Saban driving, and uh, Marty Smith was the passenger, and he tells a story of hanging out in a bar with Bob Stoops one time? No. Okay, so they're at a bar in Norman, Oklahoma. I forget the name of the bar. They're sitting there and they're just talking football, right? Drawing up plays for one another, doing nothing but talking football for hours. Someone apparently came in with a shotgun, threatened the bartender to give them all their money, and then gets what they want, leaves, and then the police come in like a little bit later, and the police ask the bartender some questions, and the bartender looks at the two of them and says, don't ask them any questions. They never even saw the guy with the shot. <laughs> now, I don't know if it's a true story or not, but that's, that's a great the story, story that he told. Uh, a great but it, it made, I think, a lot uh, of sense.
3: That's a great story. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. By the way, Ross Dellinger, someone just tweeted it. says, this is according to Ross Dellinger, Alabama heavily pursued Mike Norvell. FSU not only agreed to a new deal, but committed to a substantial increase in resources, such as recruiting budgets, et cetera. The school is in the midst of a $450 million upgrade to the stadium and a football-only operations center. All eyes now on on Kalen DeBoer. Now, that was two hours ago, with all due respect to Ross. <laughs> I mean, all, all, sometimes all, it's just funny. Yeah, when you these guys are right, such puppets. You don't go from all eyes on yeah. to he's signed the contract. It doesn't, right, it doesn't right. happen that quickly. If, if Kalen DeBoer is the new Alabama coach, it didn't happen in the last two hours. With right. all due respect to Ross, right. it didn't. You know, you, you, they didn't hire Kalen DeBoer in two hours. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. So, but, but God bless you, Ross, uh, yep. and thank you for sending me. Uh, Sending me that uh, that that uh, from on, on Twitter or on X. All right, I got a lot to talk about. Matthew Driscoll comes up uh, and joins the program at five at the 3:40. He'll talk all about shooting all those threes. Then the Ospreys look good today. Uh, Nick Morrow will join us, uh, the AD here at UNF, and then of course when we get over to JU, we're at JU next Thursday for a ball game. We'll certainly have a chance to sit down with Jordan Mincy uh, and uh, Alex Ricker Gilbert as well. So we always do JU and UNF. We do a lot of games at both places, and we love doing it. But this one's at UNF. It's the River City Rumble. It's JU. Versus UNF. Can't wait for that. Comes up tonight at 7 o'clock. When we come back, though, let's talk some college football. Uh, Alabama's got a football coach. Uh, FSU's got a coach who is extended. What does all of it mean? That's next. So stay with us.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now back to a big chief tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief tire. Visit bigchiefservice.com. Now, I'm
4: craving your body. Is this real? Temperatures rising. I don't want to feel. I'm in the wrong place to be
3: real. 73 year old Philip Bailey. Tom champion. do you know that? Like 73. What's that? Carline me. knew it. Yeah, I'm, I didn't know he was 73. But. <laughs> I think I told you last time when he was 72. That's all. So, yeah. there's, so there's that. Love me some Earth, Wind, and Fire. You ever seen Earth, Wind, and Fire? I have not. Tom, you ever seen them? You've seen them. They're fantastic. You ever seen Earth, Wind, and Fire? <laughs> yeah. They are fantastic. Just fantastic. I saw and I've seen them with, before and after, Maurice White. You probably saw them with Maurice White. No, after. Tom saw them after as well. There you go. Hey, um, so um,
4: this is not Gladys Night. <laughs> this is not Gladys
3: Night. Well <laughs> said. <laughs> oh, the uh, I'm getting. I'm, all of Seminole Nation is reaching out and telling us that uh, that Norvell is the choice uh, over DeBorah. Maybe he was, maybe he was. So, but you got a good yeah, coach there. Exactly. You got a good coach <laughs> there. So, so, uh, so let's the, just believe what we want to believe. So, uh, DeBorah has a job at Alabama, and uh, Norvell, who's a very good coach. Keeps his job and gets an extension at FSU, and both those programs uh, in very good shape. So let's start with it. Um, How will Kalen DeBoer do? I mean, without knowing anything, we don't know much about him. We he just kind of came into our consciousness this year. How? What is your, Lauren? What are your expectations?
4: I think he'll do really well because he's walking into a program that's already built. And Nick Saban, yes, he's not going to be the coach, but he's still going to be around. And so I think there's going to be invaluable advice that Saban can provide. Kalen DeBoer is a winning football coach. He has 12 losses in his entire career. Uh, One of those was just in the national championship to Michigan, a Michigan team that, other than sign stealing, I think people thought could win the national championship all season long. I think he's got a great offense, and I think Alabama's going to thrive under him. Will they be as good as they were under Nick Saban? No, of course not. I'm not predicting him to win six national championships. But I think he will easily be in the 12-team playoff each season.
0: I think he's going to be fired in three years, and I think it's a good hire on paper. It's nothing against him. I just This is how these things normally work. So I'm going to say it doesn't work, and Kayla DeBoer has the cardinal sin of going 9-3, and 9-3, and 8-4. and four. And uh, probably
3: loses his job at Alabama. I think it's going to be a tough go. It was going to be a tough go for anybody who had this job. And that doesn't mean he won't be a good coach. But I think it's going to be a tough go for a new guy. I, I think, and I said this about, I, I felt the same way about Norvell if he the job too. These are guys that can take the job, lose the job because you're not Nick Saban and you're following Nick Saban, and still land on your feet and be the Wake Forest, Kansas State, Ole Miss coach. Three years later, I, I think you can do. It. And then if that goes well, you're back to being the LSU Penn State coach. After that, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I I think you can. I I think Kalen DeBoer, and there's no knock on DeBoer. I think Kalen DeBoer, it's going to be a tough go. If it doesn't work, and he and if he does, and he, and he winds up losing his job, then I think I think you can look up, and before long he will be the Kansas State Wake Forest coach. And if that goes well, and if he's a good coach, it will. You blink again, and he's going to wind up being the Penn State Auburn coach. I I think that's, I, so whereas whereas Stabo or Kiffin or one of those guys, if they went and didn't work, it'd be harder. It just would. They'd be older. They they they're t- they're, they there there would be belief that their time had come and gone. DeBoer was a fantastic coach, and he beat Oregon twice, but there were so they, were, they had a one they were they were Washington was a good team with a great season. You agree with that? They were a good right. team that had a great season, and we we haven't seen DeBoer do it without Penix. Yeah, yeah, that that's right. And so, uh, and but, uh, and it clearly because of all the success before he got to Washington, he's a good football coach. But but the lack of connection around in the region is gonna hurt. Uh, listen, Brian Harson wasn't a terrible coach. But he got to Auburn, and maybe not nearly as – he did, didn't have the resources that Auburn and Alabama has and, uh, and might not be nearly as good to coach as DeBoer. But he wasn't a bad football coach, pretty good football coach. He was so out of play. Now, he did some wrong things and had there was some off-field stuff. And, but, but he was so mismatched at Auburn, and that was the same thing. A guy from the kind of Pacific Northwest region almost, you look up and he's coaching in the SEC. I just think there's – and again, I know Auburn did it. But there is a culture shock to it that is that is really unusual.
4: Which of these games do you think Alabama is definitely losing? Western Kentucky.
3: Loss. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the Hill toughers <laughs> have done it. USF, Wisconsin, Georgia. Georgia. A definite loss.
3: Well, I don't know. Alabama's too good to have any definite losses. But but if you ask me to That's guess. That's the w- toughest game so far, for but sure. But if you ask me to guess win or lose. Yeah. I'm
4: Vanderbilt, gonna- South Carolina. Tennessee, Missouri, LSU without Jaden Daniels, Mercer, Oklahoma, Auburn.
3: All right, here, here's where I'll go on that. They could lose four of those. Yeah, here, here's where I'll go on that. The the LSU, Tennessee, Auburn games. Nick was usually going to win those right. because he's freaking Nick. Those are really good programs, and those are really good rivalries. All, all three of those have really good rivalries with Alabama. But and, and before Nick got there, they probably lost as many of those as they won. I think yeah. Mike Price and Dennis, whoever, and Joe and Steve, sure. and who, yeah, they probably probably lost as many because they're all because Alabama was a good program, and so were those other ones. Right. So they're both really good programs. So, so, but but, you won them because you Great won't, ringtone. you, <laughs> you want them because it was Nick. You won because it was Nick. You know, so so I think and because
4: they have more five stars than everybody else, just the way Georgia wins. Good point. Yeah,
3: good mean, point. I and I they d- had em. And by the way, yeah, I look, it's a, it's the best program in America. Who just hired a really good coach? To your point, I mean, it's, it's the best program with a really good coach. So I'm not, I'm not predicting disaster. I just think almost who anybody who would have gotten that job, well, probably the. And I said this yesterday. I'll say it again. The best guy they could have gotten was Norvell. I would have had Norvell ahead of DeBoer. That for me, I, I would have had him. I'm not sure that they did.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that if Nick was the coach with that schedule, I'd probably predict 11 and one. But there's so there's a million variables that DeBoer is going to have to handle beyond just managing the roster and and coaching the games and and again I I think they'll be a step back and and again it's not a I think it's a good hire and it might work I just think the the deck was going to be stacked against anybody that takes it over I mean it's just just look at the history of sports and and in these situations normally the coach coming in does not have great success and. I, I mean, I, I just, I think in looking at it, if I had to predict Alabama's record right now for next year, yeah, I'd probably put it at nine and three, ten and two, something like that. Uh, and uh, I, I, I think they'll make the playoff and things like that. But again, they expect dominance, and I don't think it's fair to expect Kalen DeBoer to have to deliver that. And and I just don't think Alabama fans are going to have any. Rationalization of that, and say, "God, this isn't Nick Saban." Well, you know, no we fans though. no fans, no. Fans fa- but, a, but especially, All right? Uh, Crimson Tide fans, yeah, the uh, that have yeah. been spoiled by the greatest sure. dynasty that we've ever seen.
4: If we saw tomorrow, Jalen Milrose entering the transfer portal because of the hire, I would back off completely of what I'm saying. But I think with Saban still around, I think he's going to be able to keep the roster intact. And I think Jalen Milrose returning, it's the same reason we think Georgia's going to be super good next year because Carson Beck is really good. You have a returning quarterback in the SEC. Not a lot of programs do. By the I way, Saban
0: sticking I around is not a good thing for DeBoer. Yeah. I mean, that that's not a positive, in my opinion.
3: Uh, well, and it, dep- and it depends on how I much I mean, it's great around. if he's fundraising. Right, right, right. If, well, Nick Saban still being around does not help Kalen DeBoer it didn't, in the least. It didn't help Ray Goff or Jim Donnan. Yeah, yeah, it really didn't. With, with Vince having a an office there, Isaiah Bond did leave. Isaiah Bond, the re- the great receiver, is in the portal, so we'll so we'll see what happens. Um, to FSU, what now do you make of FSU right now? Where FSU's
4: headed? I think it's a really tough question to answer with the team being in such turnover every single season, it seems, under Norvell. Now, he had a great recruiting class, right. so I think they're, they're trending in the right direction for sure. But at the same time, it's, it's a program that you're not going to know what to expect. I think it's great, though, that they're able to retain Mike Norvell because the last thing you want when your program has had two successful seasons is a head coaching change.
3: I get the impression that all of all of it, even the probation stuff, all of it is not good news for the ACC. I think Norvell staying, the energy that it created today, the ten-year extension, the he's crushing the portal again. It would appear the little bit we know about the guys in it. I, I I wasn't sure when they went on this two-year run because it was such a bad December for them. They got Travis got hurt. They got they didn't get into the playoff and they should have been in. Uh, all, all the stuff had the probation. All the stuff happening all the guys opting out of the game, uh, losing 63-3. to three. I don't know, man. I, I get a hunch that thing's positive, and it's in a league without a lot of resistance, almost none. Um, oh, by the way, they're trying to leave that league. So they are these, they are these school everyone's talking about, you know. I got a hunch that thing's about to get really good over there. What do you think? I think so. I mean, I aye, think aye. that they stand to
0: benefit the most from – Uh, Nick Saban retiring. I mean, Georgia does, but Georgia's already so good that it's it's hard to make a 99.9 better, whereas Florida State's probably like a 92.8 right now. And now I think with Alabama leaving – or Nick Saban leaving and Alabama possibly not getting as many five stars and and not being as attractive a destination, I think Florida State stands to benefit greatly from this. I mean, to me the big winners would be Florida State – Auburn, how could you not say Hugh Freeze and Auburn is a huge right, that's winner right. in this. Uh, Georgia is to an extent, but, I mean, again, they're already on such a high level that it's hard to really improve. And, you know, again, a program like Florida should benefit, but, you know, who knows if Billy Napier will be able to take advantage of it. I mean, and, and so, you know, we'll see what, what happens there. If uh, In terms of the Gators, if there's any good thing about – DeBoer, I I don't think that that affects... Washington, you know, it'll be interesting what they do, but I don't think they're hiring Jed Fish. I don't think they're hiring Lane Kiffin. So, I don't think it's... If Florida does have to go looking for a coach, I don't think the dominoes started to spill over into next year's carousel where it is going to make oh. it harder for Florida to go find a replacement for Billy Napier if they go six and six or worse. Well, here's
3: how that affects him. If they do get Isaiah, bon- Isaiah Bond's a great player. He's the latest of those great Alabama receivers. He caught the fourth and 31. So if he's, if, if, and, and who knows if Florida's got any chance at him, Gator fans are excited because he was committed to Florida and then changed his commitment, flipped to Alabama and became a really good player there. He announced not long ago that he's in the portal. Maybe that's because of who the coach is. Maybe not, but he's in the portal. If if he winds up at Florida, if nothing else happens, Florida had a gigantic benefit from the Nick Saban thing. The other thing, too, Lauren, to, to Hayes' point, keep an eye on Auburn. I mean, Auburn – you know, I think Hugh Freeze is really good. They tumbled at the end, but they were, had a really good stretch there. It Was his first year there? Had a good recruiting year. Had a really good recruiting class.
4: I saw two assistant coaches left.
3: Did they have two leave? Cadillac, Cadillac Williams love. and oh, then I did another see
4: that. one. And that one that surprised me a little bit. Yeah,
3: yeah. And I don't know the inner workings of it. My guess is Cadillac was a holdover. He was the interim coach. If you're Hugh Freeze, the last thing you do is walk in and fire Cadillac. So he was going to get held over. But my guess is Cadillac probably wants to go do his own thing, make his own name now, not be – that'd be my guess because a lot of people thought he might get the job, uh, and, and which was mm-hmm. – the, they, they got the right guy. So, But, I, so we'll, we'll, but I, I would keep an eye on Auburn. The interesting thing is LSU. I, I think LSU – Florida, you hope, benefits. Hayes made a great point. FSU's going to benefit. Georgia doesn't need to benefit. They're already there. The, uh, it'll be very interesting to see as, as we move forward. And, by the way, to Lauren's point – this doesn't mean all of a sudden Alabama's going to quit playing football to start losing ten games. They they got a they're a really good program who just hired a really accomplished, well respected, really good football coach. But I do think there is something to the fact that he doesn't know the area. I do I I think that's I think it's naive to suggest that's not in play at all. And the league he doesn't yeah. know the league right. Well, that's what and I mean. All of, it, all is of just, it. It's just a different beast. But
0: uh, you know the other thing that's been so crazy about this week, Michigan is getting ready to open, and like. That hasn't even been a point of discussion. I know, but
4: I don't think Blue Kelly goes there. Is
0: getting ready to open up. Yeah, I, yeah, they might just promote yeah, from within. Yeah, but it's yeah. still, it's amazing. You're that right Alabama though. and Michigan, in a span of consecutive weeks, are probably going to be open. That's the, a great the point. The two, arguably this. two of the three greatest programs that the sports had, in the
3: same year when Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick yeah. got got out of it. You know, I mean, it, it is a it is a crazy. I got a comment about Belichick later on the program, by the way. But it is a crazy. Is a crazy, crazy time, no question. Well, I'll say this: the uh, if you love college football, all of the football, the changing of the guard is really going to be fun this time around. Because can I mean, if you look at all the if you look at all the blue bloods that were and are and can be and will be, if you look at all of them, Alabama was the king. Alabama was the king. Uh, they they didn't win it this year, but and, and Georgia might have the kingdom now. But Alabama's been the king. Well, they just changed out their coach. Uh, Michigan just won it all. Well, they lost their coach. Ohio State's been up there, but they're being doubted more than they've ever been doubted. Now, can they come back now that Harbaugh's gone? But but there there's a crack in that armor.
4: Is that definite, by the way? Did I miss something? What?
3: Harbaugh? No. Has he, has he announced? Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, okay. no, yeah. no, no, yeah, no, no, no. He, he
4: so much news has happened over right, the last 48 hours. You're right. No. Hours, ass-
3: you're I, right. Never I should say, assuming he leaves. Happening. Assuming but he sure, leaves. Sure. I, I, I think he's going to leave. The, uh, you're right. I guess it's not def- definite, but I think he's going to leave. Um but uh, but there's a crack in the armor with Ohio State. There's some doubt. There's a great deal of doubt now in those Clemson and Oklahoma programs that were in that top five for the longest time. Georgia has no doubt. They're still the king of the world, but they didn't win it. So I mean, so so and, th- and Texas then Texas is now Texas re-emerged. looks like they're reemerged. Um, LSU has sort of reemerged, but they just lost a Heisman Trophy winner. The uh, and what about schools like Oklahoma or Florida or all these other schools that. What about all these guys? You know, so so a- interesting stuff. So we'll take a break. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about today on the program. Glad you are with us. Uh, we are going to say hello to our friend Matthew Driscoll, <laughs> who just sent me a picture of the sausage and eggs. Just so you know that. Okay, that I, I now this Proof. will this is going to Twitter. Just so you know that <laughs> when we come home, uh, come home on uh, one of our favorite people, Matthew Driscoll, the uh, UNF basketball coach. Uh, his team plays host to the Rumble tonight. Matthew joins us right after this. Stay with us.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings.
1: Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line.
2: Back to more of Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show, family owned since 1961. It's Big Chief Tire.
3: Let me tell you this, Carline Brooks, it's not just the sausage and eggs. It's the presentation. I'll tell you what. Uh, this guy should be a restaurateur. Coach Matthew That's Driscoll joins us. good ball movement us. right <laughs> there. There's no question. Matthew Driscoll joins us. Is the presentation always that good? I mean, it was perfectly uh, symmetrical. You,
5: well, so I like to cut the sausages into bites that I can go egg and egg and the kobasi in one bite. So I take the egg, <laughs> stab it. And then stab it into the kielbasi, and then eat the <laughs> So basically, it's one, two, three, four, five, six. It's twelve. It's twelve bites, and it's gone. <laughs> and, um, and so that's I like to make sure that it's it's that way, um, um, so that I can you know knock it out and yeah. and move on to what's next.
3: So well, well, and let me just say this: I got the text of the picture of it, the full presentation at three thirty-two. We got the empty plate at three thirty-seven. So, just so you know, and I've got timestamps just to prove that. So there is that. Uh, yeah, yeah. How you doing I don't man? know if that's,
5: that's good or bad. I don't know if that's good <laughs> or
3: bad. <laughs> hey, hey, how are you? Your team looks good. Uh, uh, honest to God, I, I watched every dribble of both games, Matthew. I thought I thought you outplayed Stetson the entire game. Honest to God, and, and and that was kind of shocked all of us at the end there, and then really laid it to Gulf Coast. So I gotta believe you feel pretty good about your team so far, right? Yeah,
5: the, the only, obviously, the only bad situation that occurred, you know, up 10 is when Dimitri uh, went yeah. down with his lower leg injury and, 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 and obviously what he showed to the home crowd and what he's meant to us in the conference and how he's performed. And what we know for 15 seasons and over, and, and actually over the last decade has always been an all league player, you know, driving the Lamborghini. And, um, to see him go down like that and, and, and obviously we're going to lose him. Uh, for the re- remaining of the re- remainder of the season, and um, to have that occur on top of what you just said, and then going to Florida Gulf Coast on a quick flip, um, really kudos to our guys. but I think Frank, quite frankly, in in my estimation of our profession and what we do, I think when you build it and when you continually hone it and you move different pieces around then I think when things like this have occurred, remember how much we've really, really lost guys to concussions and broken hands and you know, like Jose's and Carter's and, and those kind of people. And so because of our system and because of the way we go about it, it's not like losing a left tackle and saying, Okay, we're gonna move our, our right tackle to left tackle, we move our right guard to right tackle and then we're gonna bring in this guy. It's right. it's really more like We've got these guards and we've got these dudes. And the other thing is we're really gifted at the forward spot in a lot of different ways. So they're able to take away and take some pressure off some of our handling. And so it, it, it really it – was, it was very unfortunate. And no, no one's happy, of course. But in the same breath, if we're going to do something, I think our guys are built um, uh, for these kind of situations.
4: Coach Matthew Driscoll with us, head coach of the UNF Ospreys. All right, so looking at tonight's game, I know Ju leads the A. Sun and steals their third and block shots. How do you prepare your offense to go yeah. against a defense that's that good?
5: That's that, that's 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 the one thing that, when you look at these guys and you look at them on film, and you really say to them, so say to yourself, "Good Lord!" Like, you know, last year it was this guy and that guy, and the year before it was this guy and that guy, and it's almost like they just continually, you know, bring in the next core or the next group, so to speak. And they really do a good job protecting the rim, and they really do a good job um, uh, pressure in the ball. They try to, you know, um, uh, put some pressure on you from a full court standpoint, from a three court standpoint, from a surprise you standpoint. Next, you know, we're going to run a jump you, and and so again, you can't prepare for that overnight, and and it's never been our the way in which we do things. So, like since this group's got together, and that would be in the summer on our way to Costa Rica, we've been preparing for tonight. Because every single day, there's always a segment that starts practice that involves that kind of scenario. And so, like, when you go play Michigan State on Friday and you play Michigan on Saturday and you travel Sunday and you play VCU on Monday, ain't like you can prepare for VCU's press. And so we've really learned over the years that, you know, if we do things on a daily basis and we're diligent and we stay fundamental we have great poise, then, then you should be able to. But that's definitely tops on our scouting as far as what we've uh, prepared for this week and, and really what we've gone about doing this week.
0: Matthew Chaz is averaging 16 a game, and he's knocked down 55 threes this season for you. What's it like coaching him?
5: <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what, golly. He, he's such a good human being. He's such a good person. He really loves the game. He's sending me, you know, clips from this game or a tweet from this person or like he's he's all in and what he did in the last five games last year. Like we had hoped after losing Jose and Jarius, he really has stepped up. And we've had a lot of conversations. I've had guys talk with him because it's really hard to be the other dude and then all of a sudden be the dude. And now you're getting everybody's best this, that, and the other. And so there's some there's some moxies that takes place there. And and from a mental aspect of it and and, and and from what he stands for as far as a human being off the floor, I couldn't be more proud and couldn't be more happy. And, like, he's got to continue to step up. Like, I don't think he's – he hasn't – you know they say the law of the lid and there's probably three, maybe four – you know, rungs, you can go up until you've reached that lid, right? Everybody's got a lid, right? Usually it's when you're 27. And so I really think, you know, Maxwell's book, I, I think he's got a couple more rungs in him. And I and I think he's just really, really, really starting to show that out. Uh, but to our guys' credit, I don't know, we have four or five guys averaging double figures. We can assist the other night. We share the shirt. And that's the other thing, too. Like, you know, people can say all they want to say about threes. You can say all you want to say, but here's the, here's the bottom line. I don't know how many of those were forced. I couldn't even tell you one, and I know we missed 11 of them that were purely naked. And so, like, it isn't like we do it just to do it. We do it because that's how we're built. And so, so that's what I'm most proud of, the guys, that they understand that.
3: Let me ask you, that and I've asked you this before, so indulge me. The answer is yes.
5: A, the answer is the answer yes. <laughs> I have my 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 coddled, my coddled blanket has been set up. Oh, good. So the answer uh, yes. And,
3: and, and that question's coming too. But, but, <laughs> but, a, but and I love that. But you you were ahead of the curve. I'm serious about this. You were ahead of the curve a little bit on this winning with threes. Now everybody's shooting threes. Did sure. you get here? Did you get here, Matthew, and say okay? Given what I've got, given what I'm going to have, given what I'm going to be able to recruit, if I'm going to win conference championships and you've won them, and if I'm going to get to the NCAA tournament you've gotten to it, if I'm going to have to make threes. Did that happen when you got to campus? I mean, that's a fascinating story for me.
5: 100%. You are, you are dead on. You're spot on is probably a better word. You're spot on and always felt that way, but really didn't really have all the – integral parts put together yet. Yeah. And you think about being this, that, or the other, or you get your first opportunity, and Coach Drew was much, much more of an NBA set guy, and Coach i was much more of a play in the last ten seconds of the clock guy. She got all these different people coming at you. And then what happened was Rick Bird happened. And you're looking at Belmont. Okay. And you're seeing him play. you know before I got the job, I watched every game in the league, and then we're playing against them. Of course, we were fortunate to beat them the first time I ever played in the UNF Arena. And you're looking at this guy, and they had to stretch forward all the time. 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 And I'm like, man. And we always played roll and replace, roll and replace. Well, when we were replacing, it wasn't a dude. It was a knockdown dude. And then next thing you know, you know what I'm going to say. Here comes Bo Beach. Right. So when that brother, when that brother came on board, And we knew what we had, and we knew the way in which we were going to do it. That's when we really started elevating. And then guys like Chris Davenport and and DeMarcus Daniels that really aren't quote-unquote three-point guys, they're shooting 35-37. And now you're guarding them. Wajid Aminu shot 7% from three as a freshman. He shot 52 as a a senior. And like, But he only took 21 because they only take the ones they know that that they should take and they need to take and yada, yada, yada. So you're 100% correct, but there was some evolving – that took place and really Belmont, you know, our second year, we played for the championship and, and, and that's when, you know, what do you do? Should we play a man or should we play them zones? Our third game in three days, they got a game to rest. Let's, let's play them zone. At least we can be. And then next thing you know, they just, they're just, you know, it's, it was bad. And then when Rick left the league, he allowed us the day he left the league, I sent him a text. The day they announced it, please pick a day in May. We're coming up our whole staff. And we did, and we spent, I don't know, 12 hours or whatever it was. And oh, wow. so you're 100% right. It, it it definitely was something that we wanted to do. But but like everything else in life, like, you can't do it unless you got the dude. Because right. then nobody's going to guard you. Like, who cares? Shoot as many threes as you want. They can't shoot.
3: Right. That's right.
4: As far as the preseason rankings, how did you feel about being ranked 11th out of 12th? Yeah. In yeah,
5: well, just so you know, all that stuff is like perception, right? By the way, that's a great NF song. All that stuff is like <laughs> perception, right? And so, he, by the way, he sold out the ViStar. Last time I saw him, 21, there was 4,000 people with the Daily. He sold out ViStar <laughs> in May. But but when you look at those, we and we tell our guys, like, guys, that ain't reality. And I'm going to tell you why. It's great because I think the coach's poll is better than any other poll because we know, quote-unquote, what we have, who transferred in, yada, yada, yada. But then what you got to factor in is you got to factor in how does that esprit de corps start? How does that gathering of the group start? How does expectation, right? Eastern Kentucky, right? The darling to win the league. They struggled like a mad fancy, And now of course they're, you know, three and zero or whatever they are um, uh, to start the league with the home wins and road wins and yada, yada, yada. So, It's all good, and it's all, like, whatever. But at the end of the day, like, this is reality. Because unlike any other league in America, every single game matters. Because everybody doesn't make the tournament. That's number one. And number two, if you make it, where are you seated? Are you first four to get a home game? Or are you going on a road and possibly a double game like last year where we had to play Monday night and Tuesday? So it, it, it is what it is, and I don't use it as, as as bulletin board material and that kind of stuff, I just I literally just like guys. Here's what's going on, and, and here's something else too. That 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 is like they should not let us vote for our own team, because you know we had one first place vote, right? And if you look back <laughs> for 15 years, if you look back for 15 years, we've had one right. first place vote.
3: Okay. <laughs> and then so so
5: like like Murray Bardo got pissed off at me one year. He's like, Coach, you I said, Murray, listen, like he didn't he didn't make it in the top five or something because he got bumped because of us. And I'm like, Hey, bro, like. That ain't my problem. Like, I'm, I ain't <laughs> walking to my locker room and saying, listen, guys, I tricked all the other coaches to let them think we're not any good. Like, come on, man. Like, how are you going to vote, vote for your team number one? Come on, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. McCray and Workman are obviously uh, veteran players, very skilled. What kind of challenge do do they present tonight for the Dolphins?
5: Well, also, too, both coming back off injury. So you got two guys, you know, that have been injured. Uh, McCray, obviously, with an ankle and some ribs, and then, of course, uh, the broken hand for, 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 for Bryce. And, of course, Bryce didn't play last year because of the ACL. And so you're talking about two guys that, that that really have high high experience with Bryce being in the league. And then, of course, you know, with McCray obviously being at Wake Forest and at the highest level. I, I, I think this, I told somebody this today. I'm positive. I'm not positive positive. Let me rephrase that. I believe that there's more players that are going to play in the game tonight that didn't play in the game last year.
3: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, so right. you say to yourself, well, do yeah.
5: they understand what it means? And do they – like, they ain't never played in this game before. Right, right. We got two freshmen. So, hey, hey,
3: they
5: ain't never played in this game before. Nate Litteris has never played in this game before. Like, they don't know.
3: Right. But you know what? That's that's what makes this thing – they're going to have a ball. When they look around that arena, this thing's packed – and JU and UNF fans everywhere. Matthew, good luck tonight, man. Thanks for spending some time with us. Good job on the eggs and the sausage. Very <laughs> impressive. Uh, thanks for spending some time. Good luck. we hey. see you a little bit.
5: Hey, don't forget, one two one two one two. That's the code back there to Brink. <laughs> so, if you, hey, it. If you gotta, hey, hey, listen, keep a tally. But do me a favor, though. I want to be real. Like, keep a tally, right. and then... Give it to the guy from Brinks when he shows up.
3: <laughs> you got it. Uh, uh, we'll I mean, from Br- sure.
5: Brinks. Brinks, that's, Br- Brinks is the people that steal money. Uh, Bricks. Give, give it Bricks, to the guy yeah. from Bricks, um, uh when he shows up. And when you give it to you the guy it. from Bricks, I'll pay for your drink.
3: There you go. And we know the Thank code. Thank you. Matthew, one, two, one, Thanks, two, one two, But don't tell anybody. <laughs> I won't tell us all. Just our secret. Thanks, buddy. Good luck tonight. We we'll appreciate baby. it. Uh, Matthew Driscoll, what an all-time good guy. And, uh, and I'll tell you now. You made the point. I'm glad you asked about Bryce Workman. He's been hurt. He's a really good player, and he's been here a long time, and he is the front court, but he's been out, and he comes back tonight. McCray, obviously, the, the lefty, the transfer from Wake Forest, very good player, so they're glad to have him back, or them back, I should say, and a UNF can really – he talked about liter- He can. Have you watched him? Mm-hmm. He, he can really shoot it now. I mean, he, he's – and they shoot it's it. It's just about, what
4: his coach wants.
3: Yeah, exactly what his coach wants. So, uh, love the Rumble. The Rumble tonight. Can't wait to get it started, JU and UNF. Coming up tonight at 7 o'clock at the UNF Arena. We'll take a break. When we come back, Pete Prisco joins us. We'll talk to NFL Fella more, so stay with us.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings.
1: Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line.
2: Time for all things Jaguars and NFL with Pete Prisco. The Prisco Report, presented by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Showtime. On the Frangie Show.
3: Our friends from Showtime Sports Cards Collectibles, they have Jackson DeVille 2023 limited edition bobbleheads, and they're in the store right now. If you're a Jaguars fan, you have to get by there. you got to add one of these. Jackson DeVille bobbleheads, they are absolutely fantastic. You know where Showtime is. Corner of Phillips and Shad. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. They always sponsor the Pete Prisco Report. Pete checks in to talk to the NFL with us. Pete, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you guys? We are We are fantastic lot to get to today. Let's start with the Jaguars and Doug Peterson gutting the defensive staff. Did you expect that, Pete? Did you agree with it? What was your take on Mike Caldwell and the staff uh, being uh, d- replaced here in Jacksonville?
5: I was a little surprised that they gutted the defensive staff. I mean, if you looked on paper, um, going into the season, the defense was the area that you were most concerned about. Were they good? No. But uh, the offense was supposed to be really good, and they weren't. So you've got the defense and kind of make them the scapegoat for the team. Um, I was a little surprised by it. Um, but, you know, look, you've got to make changes when things don't go your way. And clearly things didn't go their way. There's no way they should have ever had the collapse that they had. So everybody's got to take accountability, and I understand it. And, it, and I understand changes were coming. I just was surprised that that was the one that they did.
0: What should they have done with the offense, in your opinion?
5: Well, I, you know me guys I've, I've told you this many, many times. I don't like the design of the offense. Uh, I think you got a big armed quarterback who throws far too many passes horizontally. Um, you know and, and granted they have problems on that offensive line that kind of sped everybody up and changed the way they call plays and almost like those those uh, passes to the sideline are, are making it easier on the quarterback. but I don't like it I think you you, you have to get vertical. This is a vertical league. Um, you know, it's just, I just didn't like the design of the offense from the word get go. And this year it magnifies it even more so for me. I think you got a vertical quarterback who's got to be able to drive the ball down the field and they don't do enough of that.
4: Pete, who would you hire as the next defensive coordinator for the Jags?
5: There's a lot of good ones out there. You know, Wink Martindale would come in, but does he have, you know, he's an aggressive man to man, you know, go after the quarterback split some kind of defensive guy and, and do they have the corners that can hold up in that type of situation? And and that kind of was the problem with Mike Caldwell's defense. He didn't have those guys either. So um, I, I think, you know, look, I think they need to be aggressive on both sides of the ball. This is an aggressive league. If you're aggressive on defense, you look at the Ravens. The Ravens throw so many different looks at people. And, you know, on paper, that defense isn't as talented as you think it is. And then they somehow find a way to get to the quarterback. They somehow find a way to defend the the aerial attack and and i think that's the way it has to be you have to be aggressive you have to be different you can't just sit there and play uh you know your your base defense and and hope that you win particularly when you don't have the star players on the other side of the ball so i think creativity is first and foremost on both sides of the ball and i think if you can get a guy like wink martindale or somebody along those lines who will be aggressive and change the way you play i think that's important
3: pete before we get uh belichick and vrabel and some of these other things going on around the league What's the state of the Jaguars? If you were doing a state of the union here, look, they had back-to-back winning seasons, but obviously this season was a very had a very disappointing ending. We all know that. They lost five of their last six. They gutted half their staff. What's the state of the team? Are they at a good place? Are they two or three uh, interior linemen away from being pretty damn good? Where do you see them right now?
5: I don't think they're going to go in the next season, barring major changes, any better than they were this season, and that's my concern. Um, I thought they were going to be good this year, and I know you did too, Frank, and, and bet, I'm sure Hayes and Lauren did as well, and they weren't. Uh, offensively, might have been one of the biggest disappointments in franchise history. I mean, it just never clicked, ever. And and I'm even in the games where they ha- had some success, it just never really clicked. Now, they had injuries, but everybody deals with injuries. So, um, you know, the quarterback was sped up the entire season. He didn't play as well as mechanics, Wayne, late. I, I know he got beat up a bunch, and that's a tribute to him that he played. But I'm concerned about where they are as an offense. And, and you know, they have tough decisions. You know, big-time tough decisions. Uh, what do you do with Ridley? I mean, you know, he's the one guy that could get vertical down the field when Zay Jones wasn't in there. And, and you know, what do you do with him? Josh Allen, contract extension. You have to give him. You have to keep him. And, and so I think there's so many issues. They have a lot of work to do. And I'll be honest with you. I don't think people in that city, and I don't think a lot of people, including myself, trust the guy to make the decisions to fix that team. Quincy Williams was named first-team All-Pro today. Now, he had injuries in Jacksonville, no question about it. But you go try and replace him by paying Aluakon, big-dollar deal. And By the way, he's a good player. He's not a great player. Uh, you go draft Devin Lloyd, trade up to go get Devin Lloyd. He, he was a disaster in the second half of the season. Terrible, terrible play by him. You have Muma, who's supposed to be good enough to step in so you can get rid of Aluakon. Now you can't do that. Uh, or at least it doesn't look like you can, and then you draft another linebacker in the fourth round. Maybe if you had just developed Quincy Williams, you wouldn't have had to waste all those assets, and you could have had some good offensive linemen, maybe a speed receiver or two.
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, Trent Baalke hasn't drafted a, a Pro Bowl player here, but he has cut all pro players here, and that's uh, that's certainly an issue. I mean, what would be your advice to Shad Khan?
5: The other thing is Josh Oliver has ended up being a pretty good blocker and, and part of the Vikings offense and. And they cut him, and then you go out and you draft a tight end. In the second round, what do you have? 36 yards receiving, and, he, and his blocking, which looked like it was going to be all world preseason, ended up being average to below average. Uh, I mean, look, they need a change. And, and, and there's no doubt about it. Everything that's happened over the last course of the last you know, five years, who's still standing? I mean, if, there's one guy still standing. And for whatever reason, the loyalty to him is out of control. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I really don't. And, you know, I was asked on the show Monday what I would do. I'd make a change. And I would go get a different general manager. I would start all over at that spot because clearly the roster isn't what he thinks it is. It isn't what they think it is. Look at this year's draft. You used a a second and a third round pick on a running back and a tight end who really did nothing. Zero. And, and I think when you look at that, that's, that's major mistakes to kind of magnify everything else that he's done that, wasn't a mistake, that was not a mistake. So I, I, I'd make change. I don't think they will. Um, Shad Khan's almost loyal to a fault, but I would make a change. And, and look, uh, if Trent balky was sitting next to me and he'd ask me what I would do, I'd say I'd make a change, Trent. I would. I'd just flat out say it because I think they need to. I think that organization needs fresh, new Somebody that's going to come in there and change the way they do things on, on in personnel. Because right now, that roster isn't good.
4: Yeah, Pete, I think a lot of people agree with you. Well, the team that did win the division plays host to the Browns tomorrow. Who wins that game?
5: You know, I think the Browns win that game. Watch out for the Browns. And, and you know, look, Joe Flacco in his history gets hot as can be in the postseason. And he's capable to go in there and light things up. And they're capable of going in and winning at Baltimore if they do, too, as well, by the way. Uh, Because there's a lot of pressure on Baltimore, particularly Lamar Jackson. They haven't been great in the postseason. So I think the Browns win. And watch out because they can play defense. They can rush the passer. And Joe Flacco has a tendency to get hot as can be in the postseason.
3: Pete, let's get to the the carousel. Bill Belichick out. Gerard Gerard Mayo hired very quickly there. Uh, He was contractually... uh, uh, given that job even before this season. What do you think of that? Do you think Belichick lands somewhere? Where does Vrabel land? Is Harbaugh headed to the Chargers? A lot of stuff going on. Where does this thing play out?
5: Yeah, I, I think Belichick, Atlanta is going to go make a strong push for me here to go get Belichick, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, he, it, I, I personally, if I were him, I'd be on speed dial to the Chargers. Right. I want that quarterback. You know, you look at what Atlanta will have to do. You have to find a quarterback. So you're essentially in the same spot, maybe with better players, than you were in New England. If he wanted to go through that again, I wouldn't. I'd call the Chargers and say, hey, I want to be your head coach. Uh, I want to be here for three years. I will turn this thing around. I will take Justin Herbert. We will be a playoff team and maybe a deep playoff team and maybe even more win a Super Bowl. So that's what I would do if I were him. Uh, as far as Brabel, that was a clash of, you know, Rand Carthon and, and Mike Brabel. They can say all they want, but that's the rumblings. They're two strong-willed personalities. And they, you know, he, he was willing to stay, but it sounds like they wanted to start afresh. Uh, that makes sense. I think that's a good job, and the reason that's a good job, you have Will Levis. You know how I feel about Will Levis, but they have ninety million dollars in cap. Ninety million. I mean, you can go spend some of that on free agency and, and then supplement it in a draft. I think they'll be fine. That's dangerous for Jacksonville, by the way, because the division's getting better and better around them. And then, uh, and then, as far as uh, you know, Harbaugh, he wants total control, from what you hear, and his shelf life we know that it's kind of short he's, he's hard to deal with but boy that man can coach some football can he I mean he, he the one thing you know you're going to get with Jim Harbaugh you're going to get a physical offensive line and you're going to get a physical defensive line the rest he'll figure it out
0: would the Jaguars be crazy would ShotKhan be crazy to fire Doug Peterson and make a hard run at Bill Belichick
5: would he be crazy no I don't think he'll do that but would he be crazy no I mean, Bill Belichick is arguably the greatest coach in the, in the history of the National Football League. If you could somehow get a guy like that, then why not? Here's the problem with Belichick, a couple problems. How committed is he for the next three years? You know, Is that, is that good enough for you? Because he's not going to do it forever. All he, you know, the word is he wants to get Shula's record and then walk off into the sunset. And then the other thing is his offensive system is kind of outdated as well. I, I mean, I, you know, it's outdated. He needs to get with the times, too. So I don't know if that would work, but he is arguably the greatest coach of all time. And If you can go knocking on his door, at least inquire about it. And Look, I'm not sitting here saying Doug did a terrible job, but when your team falls apart in the second half of the season and it looks like they're making a ton of mistakes, that you lead the first and 15 almost in every key drive and you you have them bust all over the place, somebody has to be held accountable for it.
4: Pete, as far as the uh Dolphins Chiefs game. Are you sad you're not going to be there in that lovely weather?
5: I am not. When I was there in <laughs> December, when I was there in December, it was in the 30s, and that was plenty cold enough for me. Um, and I've been there, by the way. The last time I was uh, in Kansas City for a playoff game was the championship game a couple of years ago, and that thing was brutally cold. And it won't be as cold as it will be tomorrow. I mean, I've been at some of the coldest games in the history of this league. I was at that Packers Giants game when Coughlin's face turned red. Uh, That game was ridiculously cold. You know, uh, the Tennessee Titans played at New England one year, a night game at like a Saturday night below zero. Um, But I've been through plenty of cold games. I don't want to be in any more of them. And by the way, I don't know if you guys saw my tweet. I hate them. I hate what they do to the game. And I know people romanticize the cold game and this breath coming out of their mouth. And if it's snowing, it's great. The snow's not a problem. What's a problem is when it gets to the point where you can't even sit there and enjoy the game. I mean, can you imagine a fan going to that game and sitting there? And, by the way, the tickets are supposedly crumbling, crashing down, going down into the $30 you can get a ticket, I think.
3: Pete, Pete who goes to the Super Bowl before we let you go? Who's going to the Super Bowl? Now that we know the I, think
5: the, I think the 49ers are going to get there, but I don't know. In
3: the, I think the AFC's wide open. If you had to pin me down,
5: I'd probably say Buffalo, or uh, Baltimore, but I think you know, look, as crazy as this league has been this year, we might have one of those years where neither one of the number one seeds gets there. Because you get hot, you can make a run. But on paper, I'd say the 49ers and the Bills.
3: Pete Prisco checking in from CBSSports.com. Thank you, Pete. All right, guys. Take care. As always, Pete's report is brought to you by Showtime Sports Cars and Collectibles. Showtime has Jackson DeVille 2023 limited edition bobbleheads. you got to get in there right now. You're going to love those. If you're a Jaguars fan, go buy and pick one up right now. You know where Showtime is, Corner Phillips and Jed. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. More in a moment from the UNF Arena after this.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Carry on my way, it's a Big Chief up. Tire Friday on the Frangie Baby, Show. For all of your up. tires and automotive service needs, it's go, Big Chief Tire.
1: Don't you cry no more.
4: Carly I'm Ron Brooks live at UNF Arena. RJ Saunders back at 1010XL. Headquarters, Tom champion, making it happen here. It is a Big Chief Tire Friday, and we love our friends at Big Chief Tire. We've got a rumble tonight, so we'll be talking to Athletic Director Nick Morrow here in just a little bit. But first, Frank, we just asked Pete Prisco what the Jaguars should do at Defensive Coordinator. It feels like there's a lot of candidates out there, like you said.
3: And they're moving quickly, Hayes. Uh, Marquand Manuel is going to get an interview, uh, the former Florida player. Um... They got turned down for some interviews because they would be lateral moves, existing uh, coordinators. I do get the sense that it's going to be a guy that's called plays before. Do you get that? I mean, I think they tried. They tried with Mike Caldwell, who had not um, blew out the whole staff. I and I think you made the point earlier. I think it was you that made the point earlier that that because they blew out the whole staff, they're going to let whoever comes bring a staff. But I think it's a veteran guy. I and, and I'm not. I'm not bothered because some of the guys. Have been they've denied them the right to interview because that means they're shooting kind of for the stars, which I like.
0: Well, right, and if those guys are under contract, those organizations have every right to do that. So, I mean, the Jaguars have have done that and will do that in the future. I mean, it's just part. It's just how the league operates. So, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's got to be a veteran guy because this is now, I think, a make or break year. I mean, that's just the nature of the NFL and. You know, the fact that Doug Peterson went 9-8 and eight last year and, and made the playoffs and won a game, that's not going to mean much after this season's collapse and if next season goes poorly. Uh, so, yeah, you need somebody that has done it, can have instant credibility when he walks in the room and, and has a sophisticated way of going about his business. So uh, I'd prefer it to be somebody who's even been a head coach in this league. I'd love it to be Leslie Frazier. You know, if he doesn't get a, a head job, I'd be fine with Ron Rivera if you know if, if it's something that Ron would be interested in, but somebody like that, I need they need somebody with instant credibility to come in here to maximize what they have on defense.
4: Yeah, to Pete's point about Wink Martindale, the type of defense he wants to play is similar to what Mike Caldwell wanted to play, and that didn't work with the pieces that he has here.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's a little more aggressive, but I think it's I'm not. I was talking about this with someone today. I'm not real caught up in scheme, three four four three blitzing, stay back, press man, cover two. To me, I'm not nearly as caught up in that as I am in a guy who's done it, a guy who's been there, done that, seen a lot, um, a guy that relates to different kind of players. I I really think that's important, man. I I and to your point, Hey, you're right, it's it's. I don't know if I'm going to go make or break. But, yeah, year three in, in, in today's culture, coaches with year three are expected to show growth. And, and, and by the way, growth will be from two nine-win seasons. So, I mean, you, he has a, Again, I'll say it again. I'm a big Doug Peterson guy. He's had two winning seasons on a team that just, quite frankly, hasn't had that many of them. But you're still expected to show growth. And so I hope it's, a, I hope it's one of those veteran guys. Now, the guys they've been asking to interview are not old, crusty guys. I like old, crusty guys. Old guys like old guys. Did you know that, Carmine? Old guys yeah. like old guys. Hey, I we th- old guys relate. Yeah, we'll go to Morrison's together, talk. I will do my <laughs> interview there. That's what, that's how we old guys are. But yeah. I want a guy like that. Get the fried okra. Yeah. Right oh, you kidding Morrison's, me? Me yeah. and the old guy. Um, me and the other old guy. Yeah. All yeah. day long.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think it's I think it it is imperative for them to to bring in somebody that I uh, has that experience and and can hit the ground running. I mean, again, this off season is going to come fast we're three weeks away from the senior bowl uh, the Jaguars having as many picks as they will have which looks about nine uh, you know that is that's a place that you need to do some evaluations and uh, th- and they they haven't been great at that uh, they basically ignored the game last year and and the year they hired Doug they hired him after the senior bowl so uh, you wanna be able to hit the ground running take advantage of all these opportunities to evaluate and, uh, and again, have somebody that has a really defined idea of what's going to work. And so an experienced coordinator, yeah, absolutely. It's the way that they should go. And there's a process they have to go through, and I think that they're doing a good job of going through it. Uh, but um, I think at the end of the day, I'll be surprised if we do not like who they hire at defensive coordinator.
3: Same. Lauren. Well, let me ask a question I asked Hayes earlier, mm-hmm. and I kind of just asked Pete. Uh, I – I'm encouraged by where they are. I hate losing five out of six. I think that 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 was a gut punch to everybody in town. I think we all feel that way. And I I'm more encouraged with where I think they are. Pete kind of agreed more with Hayes that he's concerned with where they are. Uh, I I I so so maybe I'm just Pollyanna guy like I typically tend to be. What do you think? Are you? I mean I I still think it's a nine win team. They had some bad things happen to them. They got away from them down the stretch. An awful loss to end it, That, that inexcusable that, we all, that they agree with, you agree with, I agree with. How confident are you on where they are right now?
4: I'm more with Pete and Hayes. I'm not so negative that this team is an abomination, but there are a lot of roster holes. I don't necessarily trust the person making the roster decisions, and I think if that change was made at GM, then I think we would all feel differently. I think a new defensive coordinator, that's fine and all, but it's still the pieces, the players that you're bringing in that, that have to succeed and make you succeed as a head coach. I just am concerned that the Jaguars have been passed by the Texans. And with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, you shouldn't be passed by anyone in the division.
3: Yeah, I guess I, I hear you. And I definitely agree with that. I just think that – I just think there's so many pieces in place that I like. Now, look, are the pieces still in place? Do they do they keep Cam Robinson, who's who's under contract? Do they find a way to keep Calvin Ridley? Why? Why would I, I? want Calvin Ridley back here, but I just think there's so many pieces that I like. I like the running back room. I like the quarterback. I love the wide receiver room if they if they bring Ridley back. I I, I like the secondary. The linebackers are good. I I I don't. The outside linebackers had phenomenal years. The two pass rushers. So the edges I like. I don't like the two interiors. Other than that, I kind of. There's not a lot of, there's certainly not a lot of Jaguar teams over the years, that when you sit here in the off season and for us the off season has begun, there's not a lot when you see here sit here in the off season and say I like a lot of the pieces. Hey, this city, that's happened very rarely. I mean, it really has. So I like a lot of the pieces. I now they got to get the other pieces right, but I do. I, I like I like the pieces they've got here. Yeah, I mean certainly
0: it's not uh, anything where the cupboards bare or anything like that. I mean they have talent. Uh, and again I think attention to detail has been what's really lacking Uh, and that's that's a a, I think that's all from Trent Baalke to Doug Peterson to all the way down the line I think attention to detail was really lacking this year and and I gave them a pass for it because I kept waiting on it to turn I mean we would talk about you know that they they need to get better with the penalties and and the unforced errors and self-destruction and things like that but when you get when you get and look at – you get some distance from the regular season and you look at the 18 games and their totality, attention to detail was woeful. Woeful. And that's a concern because I do think they have some talent. But if you're going to have an operation – I mean, look, Doug kind of conceded it at the end. He was like, you know, we have gotten the – got into the habits of during practice we would make a mistake and we would just move on to the next thing and be like well we'll get this fixed in meetings or we'll get this fixed at the next practice and they didn't it's like well how do you allow that to happen and and again because it wasn't just one side of the ball i mean and 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 that's the concern for me is that offensively you're basically just bringing everybody back and so i think they're I, i don't think they're terrible by any stretch but i do think they're mediocre And I think mediocre is the last place you want to be in this league because you're going to be drafting between 14 and 17 or 18, and it's it's just a tough place to be. It's it's purgatory, and so and they shouldn't be there with Trevor Lawrence uh, where he is in his career. The fact he's regressing, it's just to me there's it's more of a of a bleak outlook in terms of them taking a huge step forward. I think they're mediocre. And my guess is they'll either remain mediocre or take a little bit of a step back uh, and,
3: and win seven next year. We'll take a break. When we come back, back to the Rumble. Nick Morrow is the terrific athletic director here. He joins us here at UNF after this on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now back to a big cheap tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Visit BigChiefService.com. Welcome back to the
3: program. Glad you're with us live from the UNF Arena. Frank Frangia, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, and our pal Nick Morrow, the uh, outstanding athletic director here, joins us. With the sports coat looking all snazzy, I had the yeah, the pullover
6: earlier. I did. It's a yeah, rumble, Yeah, man. yeah, that was my warm ups. Now I I'm went into my uniform. <laughs> I yeah. know you did. It's a big rumble. Here. Yeah. How,
3: how you been? How are you?
6: I'm great. I'm ready to get back at it um, now that we got through the holidays and in spring sports. Or I've already started practicing this week. We obviously in the middle of basketball conference season now, and it's round one of R- River City Rumble. We have a great crowd, it's gonna be an awesome atmosphere tonight. Um like if you're in Jacksonville and you like college basketball, there's okay. no reason you're not coming out to this. Like it is like it the, the experience as a whole and the quality of basketball, like you gotta see it. And and when a game has a spirit
3: about it because of the two teams yeah. that stands out. And and I and I, I talk about it all the time, when these two teams get together, it is a legitimate rivalry. It's a it's a good rivalry, it's not a mean rivalry. But it's a dang rivalry now, and, no and, 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 that, and, that, and that's one of the things. You don't get a chance to see that. I'm, I'm sure it's not like I'm trying to hype him. I don't mean it that way. But you don't get a chance to see that all that
6: often. You're right. And, you know, coach speak, they're going to say it's just you know, another conference yeah. game is just as important as any right. other one. But if you're in the building, you can feel that energy. Yeah. You can feel yeah. that emotion. And uh, you better believe the students want this one more than the next one.
0: You guys are leading the nation in threes. How much fun has it been to, to watch it so far? Not that that's a new thing. Right, right. But, uh, yeah. but you are leading years, the nation, yeah. so we might see another uh, we might banner. See
6: another one. I mean, it's, what's different about this team, you know, and I'm not a college basketball coach or anything, but being around it enough is that, like, there's a lot of dudes that can do it too like and and you look at the the box score from our first couple conference games like four or five guys in double digits and that's been that way for most of the year and there's literally like a different guy could step up and go on a run in any moment and I think that's what's special about this team like it's a true team um, and and what they've been able to do and take care of the ball the assist to turnover ratio is really strong right now and I think that's really a big key um, keep that going tonight
4: you've redone the floor this suite here is incredible what's next
6: well, I got to change the code on the liquor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just announced it to <laughs> everybody. Like, Too late now. Yeah, <laughs> so it took forever to stock my whole truck. That <laughs> right. was a hard thing. It's long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Thought it would take. yeah. You went to commercial baking. Yeah, really, quick really did. After Right that. after that's right.
4: That code uh, was really complicated by. It. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. <once> <laughs> right, there. right.
6: So um, after that gets switched, then we're. Uh, <laughs> No, we're we're. I'm really hoping by the end of basketball season, we're announcing an arena locker room project. We're real close to doing that. And so that's a that's a three million dollar project we want to do to completely renovate locker rooms for basketball, volleyball, uh, expand our training room, and then put a video room in. Ba- our locker rooms haven't really been touched since just go out here 15 years ago. So it's too small, outdated, and honestly, that's one of the biggest things that hurts us in the recruiting process. And of course, there's just student athlete experience side of that right. as well. And so I'm really hoping by the end of bas- before the end of basketball season, we're announcing that project. We're real close to being able to to move forward with that. So that's what's next for the arena. And then honestly, like I'm already couple more steps beyond that. Like, we're going to look at what we can do for a practice facility. Um, I'd like to move to the north side of the arena, that back parking lot, and put a basketball practice facility. So I want to turn this arena into more than just basketball and volleyball games. We want to host concerts. We hosted Guns N' Hoses last year. We're doing it again. we know Harlem Globetrotters. We've hosted some banquets and galas. Well, if you start driving revenue and having more and more events through here, that kicks basketball out and that's not fair to our division one basketball team. Same thing with volleyball. So we need a practice facility to put them so that we could generate more exposure uh, for the university and for this arena. And so that's the next one. And then I want to do another renovation of the uh, arena where we're putting in more premium seatings here on the North side and then uh, blowing out the front of the arena to modernize that and create a better lobby area, better team store concessions, that kind of thing. So um, big things ahead, but I love where we're at. In the core of campus like this, it's, you can't beat the location on it.
3: Nick, where are you with your with your program? Are you happy with your coaches? Are you you it certainly seems like there's a, it's an upperly mobile feel on the campus.
6: It is. I'm I'm really excited. I think spring is going to be a big big spring for us. Um, so they just announced the preseason. I know it's preseason polls, but still, uh, both men's and women's tennis was picked first, unanimous. First place, um, you know, decision there that uh, in the preseason polls, so we're expecting big things from our tennis programs, men's golf. You, I mean, you guys have talked about it before, and you'll be out at the Haight this year, which is going to be a really cool event because we switched it up. So now it's moving to March right before TPC week. So we go 18 Saturday, 18 holes Sunday, 18 holes Monday, then we're actually, all the all the student athletes competing, and they get to go to the TPC practice day on Tuesday. We're going to have a big beach party on that Monday night. We're asking, actually, people, former pro, our pro, current pros that played in the hate, and there's yeah. a bunch of them. Right. We're inviting out to the beach party on that Monday night, so we're really blowing that up a little bit more. Um, that'll be fun. Women's golf will be in the hunt. Beach volleyball. Softball's going to have a really solid squad, and I'm really excited to see what, what Joe and, and our, our new baseball staff can do with that program. They're coaching the heck out of them, so I expect to be very competitive.
0: Give us a review of the fall sports. What were some of the success stories that really pleased you?
6: Yeah, one one thing that's really neat is we're going to recognize Mahalia White tonight during the game. She won the Honda Inspiration Award across the entire country, all female student-athletes in the entire country, and she won this award. Just her story is unreal, and so recognizing her tonight. uh, We just finished up the – The fall semester with a 3.52 GPA, we had like 64.0s. We had two-thirds of our student-athletes on the dean's list pretty smart kids like I mean just what they're doing academically is incredible and uh, you know we've had some you know volleyball had a really nice run I think they're poised to make that next step to go after conference championship cross country finished second place they had a really good uh, run at regionals as well and they beat several power five teams at at regionals so uh, we had a solid fall and and I think we're really poised to have a huge spring
4: the NCAA just announced some new rules when it comes to NIL does that affect you guys at all
6: yeah, yeah, it all affects us in some form or fashion. Like, obviously, all these rules seem to be built around the power. I guess four. Are we starting to say power four now? Yeah, yeah. We, we moved on be. from power right. five we to power it, right. four. It's power two. The power power <laughs> two, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, and um, it so it's it's amazing. Like the so I've been AD for two and a half years, right? The th- past three years, there's been more change at the NCAA level than the previous 40 years. Oh, wow. So kind of a wild time to become an AD coming out of COVID and then all the changes that are taking place in NCAA. And this next year, hang on, because there's a bunch more coming. In um, just the proposal that Charlie Baker put out there and they just wrapped up the NCAA convention and they're going to start looking into all those proposals he did, pulling NIL in-house, this educational trust fund where basically you can start paying your student-athletes. Mm-hmm. So you got to, you know, it, you pay into this trust fund and you can spread that across all your student athletes and then you can be a part of this elite part of division 1 and it's all setting the the stage for for the top 50, 60, 70 schools that do their own thing. And and that's what it's setting up for and um with the FSU thing and I don't know if y'all have talked right. about it yet or you're going to or but it it's happening all over the country. Right. And so Florida State got called out for it. So are they just the first one and more are coming uh because yeah, NIL wasn't supposed to be used to for inducement. It wasn't supposed to be used for recruitment. It wasn't supposed to do pay for play. We all know that it's all happening. Right. Now. We hear the stories and stories. But salsa now, Florida State gets slapped pretty hard with with sanctions related to them. So I'm real curious to see if that's just the tip of the iceberg and more are coming. Uh, why Florida State, like? Um, and you guys know, I mean, all the Gators, like, right. yeah, you know, I don't right. mind it, of course. <laughs> like, know, but, uh, right. 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 but still, it's just yeah, that was kind of caught me off guard as well. But uh, a lot more changes coming. And um, you know, we're just going to keep moving forward. Like, I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. And like, we need to figure out how can we use this to our advantage? Right. How can we use this to be the best in the, in the ASUN conference? How can we use this to be one of the best mid-majors in the country? Because I truly believe UNF can be the non- best non-football playing school in the entire country. If we really invest into this program, athletic tournament, this university where we're located, the opportunities that exist, I have no doubt we can get us there.
3: You, you, you made an interesting comment. The about about it, it's all becoming power force centric. It always has been, but maybe now more than ever. How will that affect mid majors? I mean, and I know you don't know that answer because we don't know where it's headed. We you got an idea where it's headed. How will that? How will can it help you? Can it? I mean, because you're on it together, right? I mean, what, what's your read on how? 10 years from now, 8 years, whatever, the effect on, on, on the the UNFs and the JUs that we follow so closely. Yeah,
6: it, I, if they end up breaking away and creating this right. new let's division. Let's say that happens. Yeah, let's say that happens. All of a sudden now we're competing with a sh- for a championship that doesn't include the top 60, 70 in the country. Right. Now all of a sudden we're not just celebrating getting into the tournament. We have a legit That's opportunity right. to make a run in the tournament. And so that part actually is exciting to me. Yeah. And the way they're setting it up, we still compete against that top tier. So we're still going to have those Florida baseball games or we'll go and play Florida in b- basketball, those kind of things. But then when it comes to championship time, we can go after and, and actually make a run at a, at a national championship as, a, as opposed to celebrating. And if we win a round or two, then, yeah. then it's a good thing. Great so, take.
3: There. I mean, that's a great take. You could win it. I mean, if they break off and have their own – if Florida plays Ohio State for their own basketball championship – you could play whoever else and be in the mix. Right. That I mean, I, I hadn't thought about it like that, but that's an exciting uh, possibility. Yeah.
6: So it, it could go that route. And uh, there's just so much yeah. money still to come for yeah. that top level. I mean, college football playoff, that expansion to 12 teams is just coming. And right, there's a right, lot more right. money that comes with that. So even when you're talking about if Charlie Baker's proposal of this educational trust fund goes through and you're talking about $30,000 per student athlete for half your student athlete body, like, that's not hard to plan for those programs because the college football playoff expansion and all the money that's going to come with that, they just carve that little piece yeah. out and they're going to be able to join this elite group. And, and the, I think the thing with the NIL coming in-house, though, that starts triggering Title IX. And so I still think you're always going to have collectives. You're always going to have third parties that can help, um, I don't want to say get around Title IX, but that's yeah. basically, if all of a sudden the, the institution is making those decisions on how NIL is spent, then that triggers Title IX. And then you're gonna to have to figure out how to make that equivalent. How does the A Sun
0: conference tournament work this year? Is there, there's twelve teams, is everybody eligible to win it? And is so is there how are they doing the the tournament this yeah. year in format?
6: For this year we are again a uh, high seed host and ten teams out of the twelve okay qualify for the A Sun tournament. And so if you're a seventh through ten seed, you're gonna go to a campus, like a neutral site campus to play on Monday the fourth. And then if you advance, then you're playing a top seed on the fifth. And then um, from there, that'll go the semifinals and finals based on top seed. So 10 out of 12 qualify, all on, on home courts again. And then uh, we'll see after that. There's a little, there's some discussion at the conference level about going back to a neutral site. Hmm. Uh, under the right circumstance, I'm supportive, but it's, I love the high seed host. yeah. yeah. I mean, when it we, is hard to get crowds. It is yeah. like you. Uh, I was watching the Conference USA basketball tournament last year, and there's a few hundred people on right, this neutral right, site right. arena. Meanwhile, we host and we get thousands and thousands. And as a matter of fact, right after last year, I did a quick study on total attendance at the the ASUN Conference, the Big South, and the Southern Conference, some similar Southeast conference like us. And I did their total attendance because they do neutral site compared to ours who do home site. And I think their total attendance was like seven or 8,000 at these neutral sites. Ours was over 20,000 when you add up all the home sites. And so we're generating more buzz and stuff. And plus, being a one-bid league, like you want to give the advantage, competitive advantage to the teams that did well in the regular season. You want to reward them for what they did, and a high-seed host does that. And so I'm I'm definitely more in favor of the, the high seat hose home courts because I think it it protects the higher seeds and, and, and I love the atmosphere that's created. Yeah, that atmosphere in here in twenty fifteen oh, yeah. mm-hmm. when you all got run over by the students <laughs> yeah, starting to go like you cannot beat that. It was phenomenal. <laughs>
4: we did not get run over, but Frank I prepared better prepare, prepared If it. they start to go <laughs> on top of the that table, was, that was an amazing,
3: amazing <laughs> afternoon. That was an amazing Sunday afternoon. It, what
4: you couldn't hear yourself think. That was, it was that so was really so, well so incredibly loud in here. Uh, so Florida Gulf Coast beats Fort Atlantic, a top 10 team at the time, and then you guys go down there and beat them by 20. Yeah. Were you a little surprised? Uh,
6: that felt good. <laughs> I really enjoyed watching that. Uh, I was more worried about how the team would respond losing Amitri mm-hmm. to the, from the game before. Um, and he's lost for the
4: season for people who don't correct,
6: know. Correct, yeah. And, and so that's what I was more worried about going down there. And then the way they came out, again, taking care of the ball, team effort, uh, executing on both ends of the floor, like super impressed, very impressed. Beating Golf Coast by more than 20, like we were up 25 to 28 for a good chunk of that that second half, and so you yeah, had to beat them by 20. Felt really good, and and really sets the stage for tonight. So I'm I'm really excited and. Um, it's going to be a great crowd and hopefully walk away with the W.
3: It's going to be a fun night, a, a rocking night here. Final thing for you, uh, you mentioned Joe Mercadante, the and his terrific work uh, with the UNF baseball program. I know uh, our hearts are still heavy. I know yours are and, and yours is and, and ours are as well. Uh, we lost Tim Parenton, um, just a beautiful man and a wonderful baseball coach. And uh, I think the way the UNF community and the baseball community too um, rallied around Sheila, rallied around UNF, baseball, UNF athletics, is one of the coolest things I've seen. I, I really mean that. And, and you know how I felt about it, Tim. I don't know how you felt about yeah. it. But that was a uh, it was a special time, and I'm remiss if I don't mention it one more time here. That was a, a special remembrance of a special man, wasn't it?
6: It was. It was really heartwarming, and just the, the amount of people that, that just the outcry of support for him and the love for him and just his memory will live on forever and his legacy and as a matter of fact go ahead and write it down now tuesday february 20th we host florida in baseball okay at we'll here. stadium here and yep you'll yeah. all be here with the remote and um and we are going to honor tp at that at that game and we'll, yeah. we'll have some stuff that we're going to do because you know obviously the tie-in yeah. with florida yeah. the amount of time he spent there and then obviously with us and us hosting florida we're going to do something special yeah. that evening and in, in remembrance of him perfect him and joe played there too so it'll be it would be absolutely yep, right. Nick, great work as always, man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. One hour to
3: go live from UNF. After this, it's 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football. Uh, hi, hi, hi. Football at 5. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. On the Frangie Show. on the program
3: frangie carline brooks rj saunders the picks contest has come to a close great drama the last week look <laughs> <laughs> you all smug over here are you smug champion rj are you what playing this song in
4: honor of the champion the picks champion yeah
0: Oh, I would have played Man. We Are the Champions but I okay. I already played yeah. RJ uh, you're doing a great job you uh, play uh, Pearl Jam yeah. that is always uh, yeah. that will always work for me uh, yeah. all right. so
3: so Lauren would you take us through the champions who 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 there's great drama who won the championship
4: with a record of 72 and 36 Won Hayes wow. Carline with 89 total points.
3: 72 and 36. Wins the
4: championship.
0: Just
3: tell me this, too. You don't have to tell me if, if not because people are listening.
0: But No, I wasn't smart enough to actually bet any of yeah, those I games. No.
3: <laughs> I was to ask you a better question. Were <laughs> you yep. on steroids? during the? Well, th- the obviously. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <72. laughs> I just figured we weren't doing the testing <laughs> What was his total points? Total win?
4: 89 total points. I think 72 and 36.
3: I think 74 is like the record. I mean, what about that? It just
0: blew everybody out. We were very fortunate. We had a great team. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just sat back and watched them do their thing. So Are so you
4: retiring like Nick Saban?
0: Uh, I don't know yet. Okay. I've got to do some soul searching. But your first championship, how does it feel? Maybe
4: more Jim Harbaugh. All
0: right. um, you know, it, it feels good, but it was never about the championships. <laughs> it's about the
3: kids <laughs>
0: and
4: seeing the looks <laughs> on their
3: faces. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you this. Um, give us second and third and fourth.
4: Sure, second place, I think you know by now who yeah. that would be. Well,
3: he played for second all year, I guess. Oh, I don't know.
4: 64-44, and 44, right. won R.J. Saunders with 78 total points, his first time in the picks contest.
3: Yes, yeah, so congratulations. From well first. done, R.J. Well done, R.J. Uh, played for second, got second. So, well done. Not everybody gets to do that, so.
4: I came in third, 55 and 53, 67 total points. And Frank, 52 and 56, 65 points.
3: Four games under. Four <laughs> games under without against the spread. Now Are you calling Belichick? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I am calling Belichick. <laughs> I got a comment about Belichick. But let me just say, let me uh, Can I ask you a question? You, you know mean, me, right? right? Sure, yeah. I, I, and, I, and I like to pick your brain on this stuff. So, uh, so I always said second, third, or fourth doesn't matter. All it matters is who wins in this contest. It's not loser Monday. Right. But. What are the chances? And I'm just, I'm just asking you because you, you're like an odds guy, okay? Yeah. What are the chances in the event that I had passed Brooks and she had finished last, that that L hat would have been on her desk? <laughs> go? I'm just asking you. I mean, what are the? Cha- I mean, I'm asking you. I'd a, say that's a high probability. I, I don't know if I mean I'm High yeah. chances. If, yeah. if she had, if I finished last, I was to lose it,
4: But I mean, I'm just. So thinking, you're gonna well. wear the
3: hat? Yeah. Not say that. I said if you had lost, <laughs> what are the chances I'd have had the hat just sitting there? i so just, I, I wouldn't. T- I just, I mean, just sitting there.
0: So now Lauren will have to break into your office. <laughs> it ought to be on my. I have a key. Yeah, your, she yeah. does have a
3: key. But I'll be it's right. fine. Uh, I mean, i was saying if I could just pass her, I just just have. I wouldn't have said anything. She just—I mean—at the studio, yeah. you know, she kind of she walked all the way around. Oh you,
4: man, I'm so glad you finished last. <laughs> I
3: bet you are. <laughs> I, and Hayes, I just had it just sitting there, yeah, right? Yeah. Something that yeah. needs no words, right? Right. So, in a, yeah. but, but yeah. because I was—I think that's why God made sure I finished last. Okay? I believe God, so. God, God, God made sure <laughs> I finished last. I believe so. Uh, I mean, I was, I was thinking, I, this, this is the first time all year I've kind of really paid attention because I was, because I said this will be fun. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm all beaten by third. By the way, and one last complaint. Let me just say this: the um, when Gardner mentioned, by my here's my season. I, it's not that I was terrible <laughs> at it, even though I was four games under, even out against the <laughs> spread, and you beat me by 80 points. Um, let me just say this: it started with the thicker kicker. <laughs> Love that kid making the 90 yarder. He's like a son to me. Then it started with uh, with <laughs> did Jamie Shelton just give you a? what did you get? A basketball? Yeah, a little by rubber way, basketball. J- Jamie is the. Uh, the I need G- a hoop now. He's honorary. C- he's the honorary coach tonight. Yeah. I told him if he doesn't get a technical. <laughs> It's gonna affect the friendship. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to get a technical, right? If you're the honorary coach. So oh yeah. Do. You've um, been
4: honorary coach before.
3: I've been football honorary coach. Right. Did I mean,
4: you get any no, sort I, of sideline warning I, or anything? I,
3: I, I told you. I to, I told. my well, sort. Of, I told you my story when I was an honorary football coach at Ju. Rick Ballou was coaching the green. I was yeah. coach the green, and Rick Ballou was coaching the white. And we were in. Kerwin Bell was the coach.
4: There was no blitzing. <laughs> there was no blitzing. You know the story. <laughs> yeah. There was no
3: blitzing, and uh, until until right at the end of the game, we were up by four. They had the ball on the two yard line fourth and goal from the two maybe it's the men to say maybe the six yard line it was inside the 10 fourth and goal from the two and i told our guy i said hey what's our best blitz when we send like seven <laughs> he goes coach bell said no blitzing i said coach bell's not here <laughs> what's our best blitz he said well we call it, it's a it's a fire 38 re-. i said but we don't but, but frank he's, we're gonna get in trouble i said what's our best blitz <laughs> he signals it in they snap it I mean, seven guys come, knock the ball down. I'm running up and down. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Odom. Jerry Odom is the defensive coordinator. <laughs> they're all shaking hands. I'm partying. I'm taunting Baloo, and we'd beat him. And I'm... Odom goes, you had him blitz. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to win a game. I, I don't know what you're doing over there. I got a championship to win, for God's yeah. sake. So, that so. reminds
4: me of Austin Armstrong in the spring yeah. game in Gainesville.
3: <laughs> yeah. he, right. He was good one game. I was good one mm-hmm. game. So we have that in common. Yeah, so. so
4: you had two game picker-uppers that went sour for you. Yeah. One was the well. Colts beating the Texans. You did not have that. And then the other was the Dolphins beating the Bills. Well,
3: and, and, and look, Had you had either of
4: those, I well, think you li- put the loser hat and, on my desk, right. and I find somehow some way to get you back.
3: So, the, But I will say, throughout the course of the year, about midway through, you start, you start throwing Hail Marys, other than RJ, who's playing for second. But the rest of us start throwing Hail Marys. But I will say, I had Michael Pratt injured. They were going to beat Ole Miss. I said, the, this, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, this, this, the story of my, who, It's so glorious I, that you're still I, hung up on I had, that. I had Joe it Burrow. It happened like September 19th. <laughs> I had Joe Burrow get hurt. Who Was it Buffalo or the Ravens? <laughs> Remember Joe Burrow got hurt. Uh, that was the Ravens okay, they Cincinnati would, They would have rolled them. I got that happen. And then at the end of the season, it's the only reason I, I would have won. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that I just wouldn't have finished right, last. Yeah. I'd, have, I'd have beat you, right. even though you were 104-2 and two or whatever right, you were. Right. And, uh, and so when, when Gardner Minshew had fourth down, I had the Colts. Okay. Gardner Minshew, the one thing he's good at is, is short. Accuracy. Oh, yeah. How does he miss that? How does he miss it? Because, because you picked him because I picked him OK, <laughs> so so now that we're clear, I want to make sure I've now established it. It wasn't my bad picking. Right. It was just really bad luck mm-hmm. the entire season. Yeah. Do you, are you with me on this? Uh, I am with you
0: on it. <laughs> I think uh, I don't think you should change anything in your personnel department at all. <laughs> I'm going
3: to keep it the same. Um, I want to make a, a, serious, a joking aside comment about Bill Belichick. You can tell me I've lost my mind. I thought about this, not as it relates to the Jags. You do need a lobotomy for that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's only won six Super Bowls. But, but I'll tell you this, I, Jags notwithstanding. Falcons, I wouldn't touch Bill Belichick. I'm, I'm not joking. I may have lost my mind. I may be the dumbest guy in the room. wouldn't be the first time. I wouldn't touch Bill Belichick. I wouldn't touch this Bill Belichick. He was 4-13. and 13. He had losing seasons three of his last four years. He has not won a, a, a playoff game since Tom Brady's been gone. He's had four years to rebuild it, and they were a disaster the, the last of the four years. Now let me be clear. That doesn't mean he wasn't a great, 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 great coach, but I don't think he is anymore. I I don't think the Belichick the Falcons are probably getting that. What people I think Pete said the Falcons. You think the Falcons, yeah. right? I I don't think the the Belichick the Falcons are getting is the guy that won those six titles. I I, I think people change. I think people aren't as good at it as they once were. I think people don't relate. I think you made this point yesterday, Lauren. I think I think you made it mm-hmm. that the people don't relate as much as what they always did. I w- if I was the Falcons, I wouldn't touch Bill Belichick. I, I, I don't think it's—I don't think he's got it anymore. I—I I, I think any any team hiring a new coach now now it wouldn't be with the Jaguars to the point you were making, but just about any team hiring a new coach has to do some rebuilding. Because if you didn't have to do some rebuilding, your coach wouldn't be gone. So I wouldn't touch Bill Belichick. I wouldn't, and 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 that is—let me be very clear—that has nothing to do with lack of respect for him. I I, I think he's the greatest NFL coach of all time. And he deserves that place. And what he did, Brady or no Brady, it's hard to win six damn titles. He, he he's a great, great, great coach. Don't 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 get me wrong at all. But he's not today. I wouldn't. I mean, I mean, Urban Meyer was a great, great, great college coach. I wouldn't hire him today. I wouldn't hire. I wouldn't hire Urban Meyer to coach my college team today. Obviously not my pro. I wouldn't hire. But him that's today. more personal than it is. Well, okay. Him as a football coach. Well, y- you're probably correct. Right. Y- y- yes, good point. Yeah. But, uh, so maybe it's a bad example. But I don't think if it wasn't personal. I'm not sure Urban Meyer has the fire, the edge, the, 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 he's the head of the game as much as he once was. And maybe that's not a great thing. My, my point is a guy that was great once upon a time, in my mind, isn't still great. That, that, that's the point I'm making. He was 4-13. and 13. Now, he's got to have some culpability for the 4-13 and 13, and some culpability for the fact that once Brady left, they couldn't even begin to rebuild it in four years. That's my point.
4: Well, I think it depends Is he, if he gets hired, is he going to be strictly a coach and someone else is going to be the general manager? Because that's really been the downfall of the Patriots is it's been the personnel choices and, and he's been in charge of that. And so I know he said he'll give that up if he lands another job. I just think the question is, yeah, can he adapt to today's player? And, I get the sense that a lot of these old school coaches think that the generation that's playing now is soft. The problem is that's what you got. So you have to adapt to the, how they relate. You don't get to say, "Well, no, we're going to get yeah. go more old school yeah. and force them to be how players used to be." That's not how it's going to work.
3: Yeah, and, and I think part of it. And, and I don't know, Lauren. I'm not close enough to them to know. And we don't go to practice when it, when it really matters. You see the first part of practice during the season. So I don't know if it's a whether it's whether it's the game whether he didn't adapt enough to the RPO which changed since he had Brady whether the way the game changed the style of the game the players to your point but i i don't i, I think he's going to not do very well wherever he goes i don't think so
0: i think he's going to be magnificent um if i was author blank i would have already sent my jet to get him um and uh and i would i would take advantage of the fact that your job appears to be the only one of, of consequence that's open because again it just seems like the Chargers aren't really in play that they, uh, yeah, there. It seems like the Harbaugh thing's th- gonna happen. That's what it yeah. seems like. Uh, so I mean I, I think if you're Arthur Blank and you're getting up there in age and, and you've had dalliances before with Parcells and never been able to land it and you're in a division that is eminently winnable, I think if if Atlanta hires Bill Belichick he will turn around their defense. Uh, you have the weapons, so you don't have to worry about him drafting receivers, tight ends, running backs. Uh, you do have to find a quarterback, but again, they could do that in veteran free agency. If you go, you know, try and get Cousins. If you don't get Cousins, you you know, go with Minshew. If Gardner Minshew in Atlanta next year with those weapons. Yeah, I think they can win that division, and and obviously they have a draft pick that they could use as well. So I I think it you know it it depends on on what ends up happening with it, but I. I think he'd be fantastic in Dallas. I think if, if for whatever reason, if if you know Shad Khan wanted to make the move, I think he'd be fantastic here, and I think he's going to be fantastic in Atlanta in terms of what they are. I mean, they're not going to go 15 and two, right? what well, but uh, but well, I, if if he if you were to tell me right now, Bill Belichick is going to coach the Atlanta Falcons in 2024, I would pick the Falcons to win the NFC South. Let me
3: ask you this: Then why, in your opinion, and maybe you're right, Lauren, maybe it's because he he wouldn't relinquish personnel duties. But why were they so not fantastic his last four years? I think it was just i mean
0: again, you're losing a player like brady and and bill isn't great it uh, you know it, the personnel side of things i mean you know i I thought mac Jones would be good he hasn't been and and i think bill i think there's been a little bit of a disconnect with him and Kraft for a while. So um, I also think a fresh start uh, can reinvigorate people. I do too. Uh, so I I think it's it's a little different, but it's just it's it's tough when when the greatest player to ever play walks out the door. I uh, you know it, it's just it's it be it's it is difficult and I uh, and so yeah, it didn't go well. Obviously, um, I understand that, but I I think he absolutely still has it uh, if if he's got a a team that can be competitive. I think defensively he's he's a, he's just, he's a wizard. So, I mean, I, again, in looking at it from Atlanta's standpoint, you're going to improve your defense exponentially. And, uh, you know, and again, you've already got the weapons and that's, that's Belichick's weakness. So I, I think it would make a lot of sense
3: for the Atlanta Falcons.
4: Does Mike Vrabel get a job?
3: Yes. I can't imagine that he won't now. And by the way, every time we try and matchmaking guests, we always get it wrong because something happens that you don't see happening. Um, I can't imagine – how many of your jobs are open now? Seven. I can't imagine that there's seven better candidates than Mike Frabel. I, I can't – his experience, his toughness, the fact he's just a damn good coach. I can't imagine that he's not – I can't imagine that there's seven better NFL coaches than him. I Now, now look, McCarthy was out of here, Doug. I mean, coaches sometimes sit out of here and come back. But I think he'll get a job. I, I really do. The, I almost get the impression the Harbaugh of the Chargers thing has to happen – to kind of get the dominoes going, do you think that? Kind of, it's it feels that way. It feels like it's a little
0: stagnant. Yeah, you know, yeah. particularly since the Patriots really didn't have a search. I mean, they just, right. you know, had a contractual obligation to Mayo, and so they went with him. So, uh, yeah, I yeah, I would say so that the, I think the NFL and and even to some extent the college world is kind of waiting on the Harbaugh thing to happen because again, Michigan's a huge job. I mean, that yeah. is a huge. Job now, oh, now trying, they yeah. may they may take what New England did and and that may be the plan is they just hire from within and, throw and more. yeah and they quickly move on but if if Michigan becomes an actual search I mean that is a monster job so uh, yeah I think I think Jim Harbaugh is is really the key component now in terms of a what job does he fill in the NFL. But also, then, what does Michigan do?
3: Yeah, my guess is it's Sharon Moore at Michigan. I would think. I, I think they're, I mean, he, was the, he did a great job as the interim. So, to be my guess, so we'll see what happens. right, we'll take a break. Uh, more in a moment, live from UNF. This is 1010XL at 92.5 up.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Any way you want. Back to more of Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show family-owned since 1961. It's Big Chief Tire. Welcome back
3: the program. Glad you're with us. Hates hey, car Carline. Lauren Brooks. I'm Frank Frangie. Can you get me Isaiah Bond?
0: Yes. That would be well, fantastic. Take us
3: through that, please. What's going to happen?
0: Uh, I will say that Isaiah Bond ends up at Georgia. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> because that's what happened. Yeah. That's what happened.
0: Because he's I a mean, good player.
4: Could be FSU for the same could reason. Isn't badness,
3: so so Isaiah Bond was a Florida commit, uh, wound up decommitting, went to Alabama, became the latest star receiver, and then today went to the portal. And Gator fans are all excited about it. But isn't it bad that we have this feeling that they're probably not going to get him?
0: I, I mean, again, yeah, I'd be surprised. I mean, yeah, it's there is something to recruiting connections and being the runner-up or being in the mix and not getting picked and if the player does get back into the pool you have a, a, an in so to speak yeah, you know you've got but the problem is I just don't know how attractive Florida is to these players now I think at receiver you'd be intrigued by uh, a high efficiency quarterback in Mertz and the potential of a superstar in DJ lagway. So it's, it's not so much will I get the ball or, you know, in, in terms of that, I think I think it fits. It's just you're stepping into a situation where, look, let's just be honest. If they lose to Miami in the Swamp to start the season, the clock will have started. And at that point, unless he wins five or six in a row, it is going to be a, a matter of how many days until Florida fires Billy Napier. And I, I just don't know why you would want to – Put yourself into that situation as a player if you don't have to be. I mean, it's just going to be a, a it's going to be a really challenging environment for the Florida players next year because they will be playing for Billy Napier's job, and they will be playing for it immediately because this is not a schedule that opens with Charleston Southern and New Mexico State. I mean, you're the the Miami Hurricanes are, are coming in in the opener, and, and you know they're not obviously uh, at, at their at their peak. But they're plenty good enough to come in and win that game.
4: He's from Beaufort, Georgia. So whereas, like, Pup Howard, who is from here, went to South Carolina, now back at Florida, it does feel like he's going to go to a school. And you just came from a school that was very close to playing for a national championship. Do you really want to go to a school that, forget the coaching stuff, is not good enough to probably make the 12-team playoff?
3: It really is interesting. And, again, I'm not always sky sky is falling guy. But it really is interesting that they – Florida does not seem relevant at all in the portal. They get a couple guys here. In the recruiting, in the in the high school recruiting world, up until the season collapsed, they were relevant. I mean, they were they were they third or whatever they were, and, and and every time you turned around, a player of note was visiting, considering going. You know, now that ended when the seat when they started. Playing. We all talked about it. We said if they keep losing and keep looking dysfunctional. They're going to lose some of that class. But it was really a. Uh, but, but but honestly, it was a. Uh, it was they're not they don't they don't feel relevant at all in the portal do they when, no. when, when, a, when a player of significant, now you knew howard was coming because he's from here but you don't you don't sense the good ones are and it, it, look oh Pop Howard is great but it's not like he's some veteran guy that had a lot of success at the college level well and i think when they got the
0: kid out of Penn, slackman I think there was some hope. Because That's right, because he
3: was a prominent
0: because one. Because he was a prominent one, and he was one of their first ones. Yeah. Uh, I think there was a, a belief of, oh, wow, maybe Florida will really crush it uh, in the portal this year. But, I mean, really, I'd say the rest of them have not had the caliber uh, of Slackman. So, again, it it doesn't mean that they won't succeed at, at Florida. But it's just, uh, you know, I I think it's just – Billy Napier in that program just doesn't have a lot of credibility right now because of the swoon. And, you know, again, the only way to shake that is to start winning games in the fall, which I think makes it difficult for him from not just the portal in in December and January and the portal in in April and May, but I think it makes it hard on the 2025 recruiting class. I'd be shocked if at any point uh, in this cycle – uh, that Florida is in the, the top five in the 2025 because I, I think they've spent all their political capital in terms of selling a vision and selling hope. And now if they win, if they get off to a 5-1 and one start uh, and then they, they are able to, to you know, go 500 in that final backstretch that basically includes five or six playoff teams, then, yeah, I mean, then I think he's going to get uh, a little bit of an extension. Uh, then it, it, maybe they close really strong. But I don't think you're going to see a lot of positive vibes from players, prospects that aren't already on board because I, I just think the belief is going to be he's not going to be there.
4: Mark Long was on with you guys yesterday. Didn't he say that he, Napier has to play D.J. Lagway, that he's got to play? Well, he, ble- he,
3: believes he has to have a role. He believes yeah. that's the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I and can't, he's right. Yeah, and I, and I can't imagine that D.J. Lagway is as good a player as he's supposed to be. He's going to go to Florida and not play. I I, 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 would be. That's I, I. Again, Graham Mertz is a darn good, efficient college quarterback, but he's not Caleb Williams. I mean, so I would. I think you get a, you get a guy like this coming. There's no doubt in my mind. Right. I mean, if he
0: doesn't have a package for DJ Lagway and they will. lose twenty yeah. to thirteen to Miami, yeah, he might as well pack the house that night. But I mean, Florida fans just aren't going to tolerate. That's about the only thing yeah. that Gator fans can get excited about. Yeah. And there's just you're just not going to be able to get up to the podium yeah. after fall. camp. Assuming DJ Lagway's is healthy. Now, if he misses three weeks of camp with right. an right. injury, right. Then right. obviously. But I mean, if he's healthy, he goes through camp and then he doesn't play yeah. against Miami. I mean, but would you be, sh- I'd be, I'd be shocked. shocked? I'd be shocked. Yeah, I mean, I'd, i got to think yeah. that it's going to be – I don't know that it'll be like specific series yeah. where it's like, okay, now Lagway comes yeah. in for the third series of the first yeah. half. I'm not sure it's that, but I definitely think there's going to be moments in the possession where Billy right. says Lagway's in, Mertz comes out, and, uh, right. and Lagway runs it for two or three plays. One
3: way Napier's way better than Mullen. Mullen, got, Mullen was arrogant. Mullen got, got stubborn. And I don't care if you think Damian Pierce should get the ball. I'm doing it my way, and it got you fired. I don't care if you think uh, uh, Anthony Richardson should be playing ahead of Emory Jones. I'm doing it my way, and it got you fired. Napier's not that guy. Uh, he might have started Montrell Johnson ahead of ETN more than he should have been, but he's not that guy. He he was playing the right guys and giving the right guys the ball, and he's just not good at it. Yeah. Right,
0: I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with ball distribution yeah. with Bill. I mean, you could have made the case that ETN should have been focused right, right, more. Right, Absolutely, uh, But yeah. I, but it's not like it's nothing that yeah. I think is like and a Monroe glaring. Johnson's league. a good player. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm yeah. not overly concerned about about that part of it. Yeah. it it's just more the, the game operations, use of timeouts, That's right. feel for trick plays, uh, not being caught off guard by the uh, the opponent, discipline play. Those are the things that I think are are concerning as we go into year three of Billy Napier.
4: But you have to have a good knack for when to put in Lagway and and developing him, and I think that's where there can be concern
2: when it comes to that.
3: We'll take a break. We've got the Lawrence News and to throughout the program. Stay with us.
2: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show, news and notes. Here's Lauren Brooks.
1: You know, I'm a chicken
2: fried, a cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right, and the radio
4: For the weekend, when you hear Zach Brown Band's chicken fried. By the way, JU and UNF players warming up here at UNF Arena. A lot of them listening to music. Frank, if you were shooting right now, what would you be listening to?
3: It's a great question. What would I listen to right now? Then, Hayes, be
4: thinking because I'll be asking you as well.
3: Glory days? That's a good sports get ready movie, music, you know? I'd have to think about it, but maybe glory days. Okay. Hayes? Probably some Ricky Lee Jones. Um,
0: uh, I'll go with uh, Did you look her up? Did you yeah, look up, I Ricky did. Lee? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Okay. That was a funny story. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe i I feel like I'm in the mood for some credence. Creedence? Okay. So Creedence? Probably, okay. Probably Creedence. How go about a, you? Go a little old school. Plus, yeah. uh, you know, Gary Smits is here, so I wouldn't really be <laughs> able to contain myself. It'd be <laughs> hard for me to get, you know, my my shot and my fundamentals down
3: with that <laughs> there, kind of pressure. There is that.
4: I'd probably go with Zach Brown band. They've got a okay. wide collection of music, keeps you calm, but also a little pep in your step. Because y'all didn't uh,
3: take a song. You just said, what band?
4: Well, yeah, because well, you are yeah. out there for a while. Right,
3: yeah. It'd be oh. like a Credence playlist. Yeah,
0: there all
4: we right. go. Yeah, but just one song. Uh, I'll go with Toes by Zach Brown. All right. Uh, all right, we didn't get to this yet, but the Jaguars do have a first-team AP All-Pro gentlemen long snapper Ross Matzik.
0: It's uh it really is a well-earned honor. I mean, he he has done such a great job. Uh you can count on him always getting down the field. We saw him force the fumble, which is I think why he got this accolade. That's a, that's an unbelievable play. I mean, yeah. the, the long snapper usually you're you're going to be kind of in the shadows, but in Jacksonville, he's uh he's a real asset. So it's I, I get it, you know, it's a ah, long snapper haha, but it really All is right, a right. Uh, a great honor for him. It's well-deserved. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I think he'll he'll be a Jaguar for a long, long time, several years to come. He's
3: like a game official, an umpire a game official. He's one of those guys that you don't notice him until he messes up. Right. That's a hard job. It's hard to – those guys that have jobs that never get noticed until they mess or up. Or if he makes a play where you're like, wow,
0: that was uh, the right, long right, snapper right, that forced right. that fumble. Right. And and he and did that in the preseason, yeah. and
4: that's what hurt his, his shoulder. shoulder. And yeah. so, yeah, that makes you almost a little nervous at times too because you do need your long snapper.
3: I'll, I'll say this. Uh, when – When that stretch from manus made 18 straight, Mm -hmm. you could make the point that if you look at long snapper, punter, holder, kicker, return guy with Agnew as a return guy, Jags had the best in the league. And that's in a league that's got a bunch of good ones. Yeah,
0: they ended up, Gosselin does his uh, uh, special teams rankings every year. I think he just put them out, and I think the Jaguars were 11th. Something like yeah, that, yeah. so which you know, above average. Yeah.
4: Jam- Jamal Agnew was hurt for a good portion, right.
0: and McManus went through a tough stretch. And yeah. he certainly and you missed, did. You that's missed what, six seven, Dallas yep. dropped
3: him down. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: absolutely. Uh, former Jaguar linebacker Quincy Williams. Pete brought this up during our interview with him. He was also named to the AP All Pro first team. He was drafted by the Jaguars in the third round in 2019. He was cut in August of 2021. Do you put the blame on Urban Meyer? Or do you put the blame on Trent balky
3: balky yeah, that is a really weird deal, man. Here's a guy, he ran 100 miles an hour, but they were worried that he that he didn't have instincts and couldn't make plays. And I remember thinking, he runs awfully fast for a guy that couldn't make plays. I mean, he's a really fast, straight-ahead linebacker, yeah. so good for him.
0: And, and I'll say this, when they cut or traded, or whatever it was, I, I mean, I wasn't sitting there saying, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, he didn't really distinguish himself. Sure. Uh, that, he was, that was such a uh, fun, unique, odd story. Like. Right. So, the Jaguars picked Quincy Williams late in the third round. And no one knows who he is on, on like, the set. Like, Daniel Jeremiah is like, <laughs> I honestly, I've got, I've got reports mocked right, up right. of 279 guys. I do not have Quincy Williams. I, I cannot believe it, but the Jaguars just took somebody in the third round that I do not have a report on because right. he'd gone to a small school. Yeah. And, uh, and then Dave Caldwell, the general manager, Got up there at the podium and said, "Look, it's not my fault if you guys don't do your homework." And right, right, as yeah. the years have uh, have guys, proved, he pro uh, pro. he knew what he was doing with Quincy Williams.
4: Yeah, isn't that surprising? All right, we're not making official picks anymore, but I want you to tell me who you think's going to win the games this weekend, the Super Wild Card games. First up, Browns Texans.
3: I think the uh, Texans are going to win. I'll go Texans.
4: Okay, I will go Texans as well. Dolphins Chiefs.
0: Chiefs, Chiefs, right? Yeah, pretty convinced on that. Steelers Bills, everybody Bills. Yeah, Bills.
4: Packers, Cowboys, everybody Cowboys?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Rams, Lions. I'll take the Rams. Just to It's uh, fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Have, have, uh, have not a game picker-upper. Yeah, yeah. A lot Lions, I'd like to. Watch.
4: I'll take the Rams, too. There's something special with that offensive group. And then finally, Eagles, Bucks.
3: I'm we'll take the Bucks.
4: Okay. I'll I think the, that's a hard I'll one. I'll take the
3: Eagles. I'll, I'll go the other way because I think, it, 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 can it be as bad as it looks? Maybe it is. Sometimes uh, don't overthink it. It is what it is.
4: Yeah. If it's any indication what the what happened to the Jaguars, that you, may happen to the Eagles. Who do you think? Who do you I'll take, take the Bucks too. Okay. All right. The Patriots 2008 draft class has now produced two NFL head coaches. First-round pick, Gerard Mayo, obviously now the Patriots head coach, and third-round pick, Kevin O'Connell.
3: How about the, I that, that? I didn't realize Isn't that I didn't realize he was a third-round he. I knew he was a drafted quarterback, but I didn't realize he was a third-round pick. How about that? Who knows?
4: Who knew is right uh, as far as – Did he ever F- play into
0: England or they had a guy? I think he threw, like, what, eight passes yeah. in his so career. They had I'm not guy. even sure it was – They individual. had a guy? Uh, they did. They had a guy. It <laughs> was, <it> was kind of <laughs> tough to get in thought, the lineup thought there. Thought they had a guy. Unless they you were the backup the year that Brady tore his ACL in the opener. So Matt Yes. was the only only guy that ever got a, a long Cassel. run there. I guess Garoppolo was some one. Double and one double-digit games. Yeah, yeah. And then got a big deal.
4: Yep. Yep. As far as tonight is concerned, like I said, we are here at UNF Arena. UNF, eight and nine overall, one and one in the A-Sun, playing host to JU, nine and seven overall, zero and two in the A-Sun. This is a massive game for both teams, Frank.
3: Well, it really is. I mean, the the bottom line is JU really needs it worse because they, they would start zero and three in the league, and it's a long way back from zero and three. Uh, UNF is really off to a, a really good start, I think. UNF, they're they're one and one. But I think they outplayed Stetson. I I thought UNF outplayed. Should have won. They led the entire game. Lost at the end. And then really went down there and rolled um, Gulf Coast. So I think they're off to a a really, really good start. They win this. What a good three-game start. And you would think they will. They're playing at home and off to a little better start than JU. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, you know, I think the three is going to be so important tonight. UNF leading the country 12.6. Made threes a game. Uh, if they get close to that number, they will win tonight.
4: Florida plays host to Arkansas tomorrow. Huge game for both of those teams. Also in the SEC.
3: Give me the Razorbacks by 17.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know, I mean, I mean, I kind of think they I don't think Florida's going to win very many of these games. I hate to I, feel I'm that. I'm now way.
0: really. Yeah, they've uh, got to win. They, they got
3: to win that one.
0: Got to win. And Arkansas is talented. So I mean, I
3: mean I, if they if they lose tomorrow, they could be looking at one of those one and seven two and nine starts. Really? Yeah, I mean, if they the lose league.
0: tomorrow, I mean, Billy Napier may be sitting up in the crowd <laughs> laughing at Todd Golden.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, FSU beat Wake Forest 87-82 on Tuesday night. Next up for FSU at Notre Dame tomorrow, 2:15. And finally, the feel-good story. I don't know if you guys saw this, but... Keontae Johnson scored his first NBA career points last night. He ended up with two buckets, so he scored four points as That's the Thunder awesome. beat the Trailblazers. Now, I'm not an NBA gal by any means, but 139 yeah. to 77.
3: Yeah, that, and good for him. Good, well, what, a, what a great story that Keontae Johnson gets to be on an NBA roster, whether he ever plays very much or not. The fact that, he, that his, his story is going to end in the National Basketball Association is a really good
1: thing.
4: I totally agree. All right, time now for today's takeaways.
1: Now, Today's Takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years.
0: My takeaway is it's a great day for Florida State with Mike Norvell signing up for a long, long time with the Noles. And I think on paper, it's a good day for Alabama getting Kalen DeBoer out of Washington. I don't think it's going to work, but it's not because I don't think they've made a good choice here. It's just sometimes these things don't work out. So I like it on paper for Alabama, but my guess is Kalen DeBoer will not have long-term success as the Crimson Tide head coach.
4: Yeah, I think for FSU, like you said, coming off of this probation that the NCAA rules out yesterday, Florida State fans not sure if they're going to be able to keep their coach, and then they get the information about the Alex Atkins offensive coordinator position, uh, having those NIL talks with Amarius Mims, the Georgia lineman when he was in the transfer portal briefly, and then all of a sudden today, they get the best news of all for them is that Mike Norvell is going to stay. I think that's massive. And so certainly uh, in a couple minutes, we'll talk to Rick Ballew, uh about how good that is and how good that feels for Florida State. But overall, it's, it's, uh, I think yes. it's a good day for FSU fans. And I, I believe Kalen DeBoer is going to be successful at Alabama. Not as good as Nick Saban, like I said earlier. Obviously, no one can be that good. But I think he's going to lead the program to the college football playoff year in and year out.
3: Well, we'll see. He's, uh, listen, if uh, – Saban left, and Lanning wasn't coming, and I never believed that the Kiffins, Sark's, or Swinney's were going to be the hire. I don't, for whatever reason, again, I wouldn't think if, if DeBoer fails, then no, I think one of those guys would make a lot of sense. But I wouldn't think one of those guys to follow Nick Saban would have been a very good idea. It just, it just those guys shouldn't be the guy after the guy. You know, I mean, Gene Bartow was the guy after the guy. I mean I mean who was the guy was it Phil Bengston after Lombardi? Something like that, right? Phil oh, Phil f- I have no idea. Gene Bartow <laughs> was after Gene Barto was after Wood. Okay. Gene Bartow was the UNC- UCLA coach. I think it was Phil some Phil Bengston or something like that. Was the guy after uh, Lombardi. Got after the guy. So there you go. All right, let's say hello to Rick Palou.
1: Now the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit TireOutlet.com/careers. Equal opportunity employer.
3: Rick is here, Rick, good day for the Knowles today, I would think, huh?
1: Yeah, it's been a really good day. Um, you know, I, 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 I think you and I both thought that this was going to be the case—that he was right. not going to go—and it just took an extra day. It's, it's all part of uh, of Jimmy Sexton's world, right? Uh, remain silent and. I'll get you paid, and that's exactly what you end up doing for uh, three different coaches, including Kalen DeBoer, who now moves to Alabama. But, yes, I mean, it's been a real rough December and January for Florida State fans. They can finally exhale today and enjoy the weekend.
3: Yeah, I think they're, and I think they're in a good place. I I, I think Florida State fans are, are – I think that program's in a really good place, a really good coach extended. They're getting a bunch of portal guys again. They had a good recruiting year. I agree with you, Rick. I think, I think these are good days for you guys to all be knowles. Um, Rick, where's Bill Belichick going to wind up? What do, what do you think is going to happen with Belichick?
1: Yeah, I think he's going to get a head coaching job. Uh, there's, what, eight openings? Uh, I guess seven if he's uh, certainly not going to go back to New England. But um, the fascinating part of all this is that there seems to be some speculation that there's a mystery job out there. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I think we hit on this yesterday. If if Dallas gets rolled this weekend, or if Philadelphia gets rolled on Monday night, could he end up in any one of those two places? If not, I think you know you're hearing a lot about Atlanta. My my, uh, you know, my understanding right now, Jared Mayo, we know is going to New England, Harbada to, uh, to the Chargers, but I, I would look at Atlanta as is, as uh, is probably, if nothing opens up in the NFC East, probably the place that Bill Belichick does. All right, what's
3: coming up tonight?
1: We got all that, the latest on the coaching rumors, much more on uh, Mike Norvell and in uh, Florida State today. We got a couple of Jaguar things, which we're going to dive into. Uh, the Philly Rooster, live from Las Vegas in 45 ah, minutes. He's going to give us uh, all of the, uh, his input, and the money uh, that's going on with the six wild card games this weekend. So that's coming up as well.
3: All right, all sounds good. Thank you, Rick. See ya. Rick Palau goes into the night right now. Folks, that'll do it for our program, but I will remind you one more time, if you're tooling around got nothing to do, come see really good basketball. The River City Rumble, JU versus UNF, right here at the UNF Arena. Two fantastic local programs. I care deeply about both of them, and I love it when they get together, the first of two games when the JU and UNF basketball teams get together. River City Rumble comes up right now. Rick Palau comes up right now on the radio station. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ I'm Frank Kranji so long